Welcome to episode 383 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 383 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. It's the Kona Super Post Special. It is indeed, Bevan. And what you know, do you your lip? Oh, just a bit of a blister. Oh, you poor thing. That's a horrible place to have a blister. I get in a bit. Sort of sun, sun. Oh, because you always get, you always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, not, they're, not, they're not cold sores. This is, this is not it does look like a cold sore, but doesn't yeah, it? It's not. It looks like a dirty cold sore. <laughs> This, this is a great way to start the show. You know where we should be right now, Bevan? In Hawaii. We should be in did Hawaii. You, did you think about it on the weekend? Because normally, the last few years, we've been in Hawaii about this time of year. And this weekend in Christchurch, we had some pretty weird weather. Hot yeah. one minute, terrible the next. Yeah. And I have to admit, I did think, oh, we're quite nice to be in Hawaii right now. It would have been. Mm. Lying there. We've got AJ from Training Peaks on the show later on. and He went to the party. We, we missed out on the party. New, new party. That's the only time you and I party every year, isn't it? Gone, could have gone crazy. Oh, we are wild. Anyway, I Am Talks Kona Super Special is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com You would have gone on to the boat if you were in Hawaii. All the listeners who were in Hawaii would have swam out to the boat, had that experience. Extreme endurance. They would have used it so they had a better race. Training Peaks. They would have used Training Peaks to see their power scores. And Athlinks. They would have put their results on Athlinks. And SLS Try. They would have looked amazing in their SLS Try gear. Okay, guys, this week is all about one thing. It's about the race that happened last weekend, the World Championship in Kona. The, go, the GoPro World. The Iron GoPro Ironman World Championship. Well, it's much better than my list. Yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. Even after spending a week there, I didn't know what my list was. <laughs> so GoPro, you know, it, it kind of sits a little bit with our world. You know, it's, it's you know to me, I, it seemed like a pretty good sponsor. So this week's show is all about that, and we've got we've got a news we've got um, which basically covers the race. We're going to break down the results in the big details. Um, we're going to interview with AJ from Training Peaks, where he talks about the files of some of the pros. That's and, pretty much it. And that's pretty much it. But don't worry, we're going to get a lot of content out to you guys in the next hour. We thought we'd break down the pros race into two different sections. And the first section we're going to talk about is the females race. And um, a, f- a pretty interesting race on the female side of the race. So, John, let's, let's break it down kind of into sections maybe. So the swim was uh, – uh, overall this race was was bizarre in many reasons. Probably the guys' race was more bizarre than, than the girls'. But biggest pack we've ever seen come out of the swim from from whenever we've been there you know normally we see a few breakaways you yep. know, maybe see Amanda Stevens off the front especially in the girls race mm. like in the guys race you get you know you typically get like a pots and a Jacobs out front, and then you get a yeah. main pack. Whereas in the girls, it does tend to spread a lot more, doesn't it? Yeah, and you might have then you might have uh, you know like a Meredith Kessler and Gina maybe come out and, and Joycey, and then maybe a small gap, and there might be Leander Cave and a couple of others. So you know, generally, it, it has come together a little bit on the bike before, but yeah, when there was like twelve of them or so that came out of the swim together, it was um, it was proper sort of ITU stuff, and it was it was um, it was great to see. I guess you know out of the swim, um, you had most of the contenders there, but Rinnie was the one that really got isolated and, and lost quite a bit of time there. She was uh, four minutes down. She swam 58.50 versus a guy, the girl, the top girls swimming low 54. So, mm. you know, that's, that's quite a big gap in the swim to have to make up. And I think it's fantastic in the swim now that they have the split start. You know, you really did feel like the girls got their own separate race. You didn't have any um, was the split from stragglers. the girls to the age groupers. 
So you have the guys. Is it fifteen minutes to the girls? I think it was ninety five. Okay. I think I should. I'm almost positive actually. Which is probably enough. But then, then you got twenty five back to the. Is it twenty five? Is back it to, back to those? So would them. would any of the fast bikers catch the girls? No, they no. would have. I'd imagine R- Rennie did eight fifty two, and the fastest age grouper was eight eight twenty nine. Yeah. So was eight twenty nine eight thirty seven. So anyway, they, they they wouldn't have caught them at all. No. Uh, even if they would, it would probably be only at some the stage on the run, part. not yeah. on the bike. Yeah. So it was great to see the girls racing each other and not having any guys in the, in the way, uh, no straggling age groupers, yeah. uh, straggling pros. And I think by them reducing the number of pro men down, you know, you're not getting that effect that you used to get from that happening. So just, um, yeah, interesting swim. And then moved on to the bike and. Again, it was just crazy. You had a, a pa- big pack of girls. Yeah, just, you really did, didn't you? It was, yeah. It was, it was, there was uh, nine of them that stayed together, as you guys probably saw, and they stayed together for a long time. As and you were waiting for Zena to attack, weren't you? Mm. You know, you're kind of thinking, well, because we know she's not the strongest runner in the girl field, but, you mm. know, traditionally she's the girl who's the ex on the bike. Mm. So you're kind of wondering, when, when's it going to happen? And um, just wasn't yes. from, from watching it from a Kiwi's perspective, I was looking at it going, Gina's there and she is hanging in there mm. and all the way to 60 miles that pack just stayed together and I thought if Gina can stay there and be within you know come off the bike within a few minutes of these girls I still didn't think she could win it but I thought you know she's got a chance at the podium here but she was the first um, first one to get popped and they stayed together for, yeah, for, from what it looked like to around about 60 miles so when they're making their way up um, towards Harvey that's when things started happening and I saw I heard a comment from Joycey after the race really saying that that first stretch down the Queen K there was a tailwind and so really difficult you know a lot more harder to to break away and a lot easier for some people to sit in at legal distance although having seen some of the footage don't know how legal some of that distance was. What was this in both boys and girls? <laughs> yeah, it looked. Um, it didn't look like it was the. I think it, whether it was a ten or twelve meter rule they were applying. It looked a little bit closer than that. Mm. There were certainly gaps. They weren't riding on the wheels. But now, admittedly, I didn't watch much of the bike. I kind of focused more on the run. I was kind of coming and going all day. Mm. Was there much um, like penalties and stuff in the flats? I didn't see any penalties on the girls' side of things, except for Liz Blatchford got one at the end of the bike. So it was certainly not like last year where yeah, we saw. We're really. Know, kind of influenced the race didn't quite it? a few penalties yeah. coming coming on so it was quite hard to get a feel for what was going on you know the footage I, we can talk a bit about that later on but you didn't see a lot of um, pictures of the entire group you know they just focusing on one person and yeah so it's quite a hard 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 to get a feel of who was really doing what on the bike but it certainly didn't seem like there was a lot of action until they started making the climb to Harvey and then Joycey really said that you know after that that's when people really started to put in the surges she was starting to put in the surges and it really just um, split up pretty quickly but as you said you know I was still sitting there waiting for this this Xena attack to Mm. eventuate and um, yeah I mean she went to the front a couple of times but but she didn't like smash away. No, no, never stage. In no stage did she get away. And and then re- really late in the ride, we saw Joycey and um, Kessler. Meredith Kessler just um, ride away. And we talk about Meredith Kessler's power file later on. And and it's not that they they really lifted the effort. It's um, I think sustained it's, really, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, sustained. And, and if anything, they, they dropped off a bit. It's just the other girls dropped off a lot more. And yeah, it's just a telling signs for for everybody, age groupers and pros. If you're doing this race, where you can do the real damage is when you come. down down from Harvey in the back half of the ride, that is where you can you can really start to um, to do some damage. It was fascinating watching Rennie's progress through the ride. You know, at one stage she was riding, she was catching the girls. You know, this was a the, the, the pack of eight or ten, ten together, and she was actually 
riding up to them. Now mm. she did end up losing a lot of time in the, in the second half, but in that first half she certainly wasn't losing time making time. Although if you look stage. at the overall time, if you look at what like Joyce did four fifty five and Rennie only did a four fifty eight, so she's mm. only three minutes behind. You know, on that whole ride, and she rode by herself. Yeah, and in, in, the, in the last couple of years, we've seen her lose big time on yeah. the bike, and uh, even if she had an amazing run, she was still not going to catch them, but you're, you're right, this year, you know, she was uh, coming off the bike, she was eight minutes down, and you really thought, you know, even if Joycey has a fantastic run, if Rimini runs one of her special runs, she's going to take it, because, you know, um, you, I, I saw Joycey running along and watching, looking at her clock, and, 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 and I'm guessing she was probably on a three-hour schedule, because she ran 3.03, yep. Um but yeah, it was just a an interesting bike. Splintered up a lot in that in that second half. But um, it was just it was int- really fascinating to see the girls riding together and, and very much a bit more of a guys type race than, than what we've seen in in the past. So coming off the bike, uh, what were your thoughts at this stage in the race? I was pretty sure Joycey was going to either win or get second. Yep. Um, I didn't. I just got the feeling that Meredith Kessler wasn't isn't in quite in the same league as those girls with her run. Had she she axed them on the bike, it might have been a different story. Yep. But um, you know, Joyce is a really good runner, and she's shown you know at, at, at her races that she's she's done that she's can she, deliver. She can deliver in yeah. Kona. So I thought she was looking good, but you know, you kind of had this feeling if if Rennie has you know runs she she'd run two fifty two before, and I thought you know she runs like that before. Joyce has run, got to run three hours to hang on. I thought oh, I probably would have put my money on on Rennie. And well, the um, thing I thought was that you know because we'll talk about the guys race later on, but Keenley, you know, as much as he was he rode up and rode really well, you I always felt in the run. I think he pay, he'll pay for that. Mm. And I, I always wondered with Rennie, was she going to have to pay for? the kind of effort she had to put on the bike just to sustain, you know, riding by herself. And sure, she was catching Joycey, but I kind of thought, oh, I wonder if she's going to get there and it's going to fade, but she, she didn't. <laughs> she did. She went out fast and she was taking big time Yeah, that's really the thing. So quickly. I thought, well, the risk factor comes up a lot more then, doesn't there? And so yeah. you kind of think, well, she was living on a, on a high-risk edge and – but jeepers, creepers, that was in a, probably one of the, well, the best races ever, really. It was yeah. best, you know, amazing. It was, I, I, I mean, I know in my picks last week, uh, I picked Xena to win because I just thought if she axes the bike, she's going to have such a big lead, she's yep. going to crush it. But I really did think that I thought Miranda Carfrey was, she hadn't heard too much from her this year mm. and, and she'd obviously had, she'd steered away from some of the big races. She hadn't gone to 70.3 champs. kind of thought, oh, maybe she is going to come back and crush it. And man, that run is just well, smoking. and the thing is, you know, Joyce is a good runner, and you just see, just Rennie just flew past, and then yeah. like later on in the race, she'd there's some footage of her passing, you know, the pro guys, and just her, her style was beautiful, her turner was just smoking it. She was. I mean, she's she's a tiny girl, and um, we've got to remember that, you know, she's a real small girl, and she, she's got to have that high cadence, cadence yeah. to to go fast, but you know, she just. Killed it. I'd love to. I'd be interested to see what her splits were through halfway. I didn't actually look at that, but man, she just monstered that first half. And uh, you kind of thought the writing was on the wall for, for Joycey at that stage. But when she did pass Joycey, she didn't actually pull away that quickly. Mm. And then Joycey actually came back at her a little bit. Uh, and then Rennie really just uh, put, the up the ant, put, put the foot down, sort of in that last stretch. And Joycey had a bit of a bad patch, but it was still. Um, yeah, it was. It was. I don't it was know if it's a fact or not, but uh, well, I'm pretty sure it is. But she got the third fastest runtime of the day. Oh, no, she did. 
of the day, mm. males and females. It was insane. So, and she and that's phenomenal, John, because when you think about that, when and um, we'll talk about the guys' race in a second, but for a, you know, for a female athlete to get the third fastest run split of the day. She outran the win- male's winner. Outran she, the male's winner. She outran her fiancé, Tim O'Donnell, who had that, a good race in fifth. It's just... It's, it, that is mind blowing. That is like that's one of those moments in sport where you go, "That's just a special performance, isn't oh, it?" It was awesome. So, yeah. course record. She beat the course record by um, two, minutes. two minutes. She set a new run course record. She went sub five on the bike, which she's never done before. Um, bit of a weak swim, fifty-eight fifty. No, no, uh, I don't. Is it traditionally she that slow, or um, she's in that sort of ballpark? I think that's a bit worse. A bit. I don't think she was too pleased with her swim. But okay. Hey, she got the win. <laughs> 250. So uh, some, when I saw that, I thought, I wonder where she sort of placed overall. And she was 32nd overall. And I actually thought she might have been a bit higher than that. Last year, Leander Cave was 46th. In 2011, Chrissy was uh, 32nd. So and the same. Where Chrissy took out the record. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure that in the years before that, the, the Ironman.com results for the previous years, it seems to be all stuffed up since they've changed over to this new tracking system so I wasn't able to look at um, the previous years to see what placing Chrissy was in those uh, those prior years but you know 32nd overall is is pretty solid and I think it gets a monkey off her back a bit in terms of oh, everybody always talks about Chrissy and her records and her yeah. amazing stuff and, and she was amazing but I think now Renee can uh, you know is it holds her own eh? yeah because the last time she won it was the year Chrissy didn't go wasn't it and mm. so you're kind of like oh well, if Chrissy was here whereas this time you know, you know who knows if Chrissy's there or not, but that in itself is just, just mm. unbelievable performance. That run, it was. You know, just you know, great, great, great performance. It's an outstanding race by Joycey, sub nine in Kona, one of the fastest times ever over there. You know, eight fifty seven. The record was eight fifty four. So and a real triathlon weeks. performance, isn't it? You know, mm. strong swim, strong bike, strong run. And she laid it all out there. You know, that's a that's a great race. You know, for her to run three oh three is really solid. And you know. Even if she'd had an amazing run, you know, she she would have had to go five minutes. She would have had to go two fifty seven to 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 take the win um, with Rennie, and, and who knows if Rennie had, had had another gear there to go any quicker if she yeah. if she needed to. So be pushed. Pretty impressive by Joyce. I wonder if Rennie was gutted. Like, I know she won't be gutted because she had an amazing race, but she didn't get the sub two fifty. Mm. You know, and I imagine if she got a sub two fifty. Wow. Yeah. Now, the, the amount of emails I've had, John, saying that hey. Let John know that he'd probably get checked. Yeah, I'll take it down. <laughs> oh, whatever. I'll take it down. And, uh, we'll talk about that later. I'll still take it down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly not running 250, but I'm, I'm, I'd still be in there. Yeah, you get 30 seconds overall then. Sorry? I, um, I might finish one place behind her and get 33rd. Yeah, there you go. You have to put yourself for next year. Yeah. Uh, so Rachel Joyce second. Liz Blatchford had a fantastic race there. Uh, on debut, this is her first year racing Ironman races. She's done, she won Cairns. She raced uh, Mont-Tremblant. She's ex-ITU, is she? Yeah, went Mont-Tremblant So recently. she's the only really ITU person. Oh, McCaffrey's an ex-ITU girl. Oh, yeah, but she wasn't as top ITU girl, was she? No, she was pretty good. She was as good no, as No, but you're she not, no. <laughs> she was. She was. Um, so Liz Blatchford very good race 54 swim 457 on the bike now I'm not sure if that includes her 4 minute penalty or not so she did have a penalty to serve coming off the bike which in some ways you know if you get a little 4 minute rest coming off the bike I know you've got to stand still and stuff but it it's probably allows your tummy to sort of settle down a bit and actually mm. could possibly be a blessing in disguise but it was close racing because she was in 4th for a long time and then just got past Yvonne Van Vlerken who was on fire so was Yvonne in 3rd was she? yeah and uh. she was cramping up and Yvonne Van Vlerken was, was looking really good you know, she had the looks like the fastest 
pro bike time out there, 4.54, and, and, and run herself up. She was sitting in third, and I'm not sure if she was closing on Joycey. She's still a little way back. But, um, yeah, faded a bit, and, and uh, Liz Blatchford got her by um, just just about a minute. So uh, Liz Blatchford third on debut, Yvonne Van Blurken fourth in 9.04, and Caroline Steffen um, in fifth. So interesting race for Caroline Steffen, as we said, just didn't seem to fire on the bike like she we, like we know she can. Fantastic racing from um, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Poor old Meredith Kessler got um, pipped out of a couple of places there. Catelyn Snow caught her right at the mm. end of the run, and you, yep. you saw it on the footage. You're getting sprinted in. She, Catelyn Snow, did her sub three hour run, which is awesome, two fifty eight. And Meredith Kessler j- um, just got pipped there, and she had uh, Michelle Vesterboo, who I'm sure partied pretty hard last <laughs> night, uh, and. Uh, Eighth place, Gina Crawford uh, had a good steady run to come in a ninth. And then first age grouper, who we'll talk about a little bit later, was Catherine Foe in 9.15. Who was the 10th um, pro so, then? It uh, was Lindsay Corbin. Lindsay Corbin. Mm. So, okay, so just on the girl side of things, um, surprises that didn't do well? well so Jodie Swallow was right there coming off the bike. She but, was third off the bike, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she... Exploded. Mary Beth Ellis, we never knew what she was going to do because of her Injury, injuries that yep. she's had recently. And she was she was doing all right. She was riding with um, Rennie there for a while. And she wasn't too far off the pace, but you know, last year we saw her leaving. Yeah, so yeah. Um, she DNF'd. And to Jodie Swallow, DNF's so are not sure quite what happened there on the run, but she was uh, looking pretty good. And Rebecca Keat was right up there at one stage as well. And, and that, those were probably the, the main losers. Certainly, you know. Most of that top ten, you would have um, you would have said, yeah, that's going to be top ten. You don't know what order they're going to come in, but a lot of those go. Yeah, no real major surprises in the girls, other than than Catherine. Yeah, and Liz Blatchford, you weren't quite sure what she was going to do, but you know, the, most of the big guns perform, performed pretty well. Mm-hmm. Good racing. So, Torsten had a bit of uh, bit of stats rolling in there, and he had um, Miranda Carfrey coming in eighteen minutes quicker than expected. Joycey coming in seventeen minutes quicker than expected, as was Liz Blatchford. Caroline Stephen was the only one out of the top ten that came in slower than expected, based off her statistical record. She was two minutes slower. So you see some massive differences there, and it really shows the speed of the day, doesn't it? It was a fast day. Yeah. So they're all, you know, the, the uh, eight minutes for Yvonne Van Vleurk and 23 minutes quicker for Caitlin Snow. So all the green, all the girls outside of Caroline Stephan were green, which means they went quicker than their expected time. It was a fast day. So you can kind of argue that Caroline mm-hmm. Stephan, out of the top 10 girls, was the only one who probably had a bad performance. Yep. You know, everyone else was there or thereabouts, kind of, you know, look at, you know, the, the range of difference, obviously it's different faster day, mm. um, but the range tends to sit between that 10 and 20 minute stage where she's the only one who went over. Yeah. And uh, and obviously of all the pros, she was the one who you could probably say didn't have the best day out there. Yeah. Mm. And you look through the entire pro field that Torsten's got there and the majority of them are green. Leander Cave was the other one there in 12th uh, who was slower than expected and Natasha Badman was a little slower. Um, but most of them are green for go. Green for go, John. You like that one? Mm. I like that one. Okay, well, let's, uh, we're going we're gonna to take, uh, take a break for a second because we're going to do an interview. We'll be back in one second. Okay, Jonbo, we're back. We just had an interview of Bob C. Baha. So Bob C. Baha. C. Baha. And actually, a pretty good interview. Pretty good. We're going to be putting it on next week's show. It's about 50 minutes long. And it's uh, and I think it's a good interview because we actually finally clarify, get some clear messages around, maybe some good stuff. So but check out that show next week. We're going to have Bob C. Baha on next week. 
And uh, before we do, let's uh, let's before we go into the guys' race, John, let's talk about a sponsor and who we're going to talk about first. Well, I've got to give uh, thumbs up and high fives to Zania Morris. Saw this, saw and this myself. Ian Wood, who posted a picture on Facebook. They sat there. They've got their computer obviously hooked up to the TV by the look of it. Or they might know that's just a laptop, isn't it? They have got their laptop going. No, it's TV. Is it? Yeah, Panasonic. Okay, and uh, it's 43 minutes into the race. I've got a picture up there of the, the swim, and then they've got their few little uh, hula things going on. They've got their um, coffee press there, and and then they've got their coffees of Hawaii just sitting there. So. They were set up for Ironman World Championship. They were set up and ready to go, weren't they? They were. So if you want to get next year, if you want to get that full Hawaii experience, just get yourself some coffees of Hawaii. Support the guys that support our sport because it's just it's awesome how they have the coffee boat out there every year it's a pin it's, it's i wouldn't say it's a pinnacle but it's a real highlight for everybody who goes over there to go and hang out the coffee boat everybody does it all the pros go out there it's just a, it's a great way for them supporting the sport and um so you guys just get on there coffeesofhawaii.com support the guys that support our show support the sport and uh and you get a good quality product at the same time yeah really and it is that thing we get so many emails from from listeners saying that when they get the coffee of hawaii they're just over the moon with the service the product and everything that those guys do so check them out guys support the show support coffees of hawaii they've been around from day one pretty much for us haven't yeah. they and so uh yeah it's well, all the promo codes are on our website if you need them got any questions regarding delivery anything like that just pop them a note and they'll sort you out it's nice for us because we know we recommend stuff that you guys will get a lot of value out of and this is definitely mm. one of them so Coffees of Hawaii guys coffeesofhawaii.com check 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 it out okay Jonbo so the females race was an interesting race uh, Marini was phenomenal Joyce had a great race you know awesome race the men's race was weird it was weird weird <laughs> it was just I just don't get it it was it was none of the runners fired no that, just the whole race was weird so okay the, let's break it down so the swim so Andy Potts pulled out so what happened there I'm not sure he had some sort of injury I saw a couple of little interviews but some sort of something was going on but so was he never going to do it well, no, because we were. They, they, yeah, those don't up as an interview with yeah, us. Yeah, the guys at LifeProof, and I do have a LifeProof phone. I absolutely loved it. Bevan, not a phone, a phone cover. Bevan thinks it looks like a flipping. Oh, well, it does, it does. You look like Mr. Inspector Gadget, but hey. It's bloody good. But um, it, for someone who's hard on their phone, it's a great device. And it can do underwater stuff. I can drop it. I dropped it yesterday, actually, and uh, no dramas, and uh, it's bloody good. Um, so, no, no, and the reason I say that is Andy Potts is sponsored by them, and Bevan was possibly arranging an interview. I was trying to arrange an interview. Hopefully, we can get him on. It'd be good to get him on. And so, he wasn't there so that created quite a difference I think in the swim because normally you know you have him bolting off the line you have a couple of people trying to hang on to his feet yeah people that, surfing for a little bit yeah and that strings things out I do, would say I think the standard of the swimming overall has lifted it's lifted at uh, 70.3 level the standard at ITU level is just phenomenal now so the, the swimming just always gets better so the packs are getting a bit bigger but this swim was just a gigantic pack of as, as you guys saw you know 20 25 guys coming out of the swim together there's a good um clip on ironman.com at the moment which is a five minute clip um with with highlights of the pro race and it's actually got some really good footage on there that you didn't really see on the on the on the live coverage just of coming out of some of the stationary cameras coming out of uh transition and just seeing that pack come out it was like an itu start of the bike ride it was just guys just coming left, right, and centre, jumping on their bikes. And I was like, this is not a pack ride. Yeah. But man. Uh, so, so the swim, fascinating that it just stayed together. So, what happened with Ray Lert? Well, so Ray Lert, I, I don't know. Because he's not a bad swimmer, is he? He's not. He used to be. He, he's like a top 10 ITU guy. I think he got 10th. I think he got 10th at the Beijing, uh, not Beijing, at um at the Athens Olympics. The guy can swim. And so, it's his second or third year second in a row. Year. 
He's had just an absolute shocker. So I, I thought I heard somewhere saying that he got punched or something, but I don't know. That that was another weird. He didn't thing. have the day, did he? We didn't end up finishing, do you know? He didn't. I don't. No, I didn't, didn't. Not even finish. Well. So again. Yeah, you had a lot of winners coming out of the swim, guys who don't not usually in the pack. Um, but the only real big loser was was Andrea Australia. There were a few other guys back, like Keenlay, which you'd expect to be back there. But Rayler, that was like that was basically two years over. in a row. That, that now now, you know, he was my pick. Yeah, you know, and uh, and it was game over really from there from was, him, wasn't it? So that was yeah, it was it was odd. You had some real big winners coming out of that swim. You had guys like Timo Bracht and uh, the guys are traditionally. Well down, probably coming out with guys like Keenlay and Zatino must have been pretty excited at that time. I was looking at him going Yes, he's not looking pretty good. Maybe for him. potential win, but certainly I thought a potential podium there. Yeah. So really interesting swim. Uh Andrew Starkowitz was was you'd expect him to be there and, and he just took took to it on the bike, which you would expect to, to happen and, and looked good, you know, just um created some good interest on the bike. His lead was not ballooning out like I perhaps expect it to. Yeah, no, admittedly you kinda of thought on the bike well, based on what he's done to this point, that he would be quite dominant. Mm. Even in this field, you thought that he'd be able to put a pretty big gap on them. And he did at the end, but initially it was just sort of being pegged for for a long period of time. Um, so that was... Yeah. So again, do we think that's the wins? Partly, yeah. You know, the back yeah, wind, yeah, yeah. Going, the, the and, tailwind going out. And I dare say, if we saw an Andrew Starkowitz file, it may well be pretty even. You know, he made, he just kept an even power output all the way all the way through. And we saw Luke McKenzie's, as we'll discuss soon, you know, he lifted his effort a bit in the second half and, and caught Starkowitz um, on the bike. So maybe Starkowitz, he was just riding power and he was just pumping out a nice even output all the way through. Don't care what the other guy's doing. You know, it's going to fluctuate. They're going to be sitting that pack going up and down a bit and it's going to come back and go back and, and so on. But he just, he just um, kept it strong and steady all the way through again as we said tailwind at the start and that pack just uh, stayed together it seemed like for an eternity mm. normally we see in the guys race you know it is full on at the start of the ride just attacking and getting seeing guys shelled off the back but it is just an electric pace and maybe it was the same I really want to get a couple of these pro guys on to talk about what was going on in that bike but like the girls race first all the way down the Queen K it seemed they were all together there was 20 of them and if you again, if you see that five minute clip they did, that line is really yeah, long, man. Yeah. You've got twenty guys now; they're not going to be sitting at twelve meters. I know they're supposed to be, but even if they're sitting at seven or eight meters, that is a long line. And if you want to pass someone, they're all sitting at that legal distance. You got to remember, you can't just ride up and pass a couple of them and then drop into the line. You have to pass the entire line. So it's tactical by the guys that are sitting in that line. If they keep that legal draft distance, you cannot go in front of them because then you're going to directly into the person in front of theirs draft. You can't do it. You want to pass, you, pass the you whole have to line. pass the so whole And that's what happened line. with Sebastian, doesn't it? Because he came out of the swim a little bit slower, mm. and then he was catching up now. He was with a couple of other guys who – he was with Crowey, and it wasn't he, and then he ended up breaking away from those guys. So Crowey got a puncher early on oh, Is that what happened? And, oh. um, and then rode up. And it, and it looked like Kenlay sat there for a while with the group and then thought, right, now's the time to go. And he rode right to the front, didn't he? He did. And um, which just – it was just odd. <laughs> the whole ride was just odd. So we go to halfway. So halfway in the ride, you got Starkowitz, who only really had two minutes on them, and then you had a you know, pack of women forever. You did. So, but it, it looks to me from the splits that when they, they started to climb up to Harvey, things started to splinter, but by the time they got to the, the halfway split, it was still relatively together. So, so halfway, I'm thinking, geez, the runners are going to kick butt. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the halfway point in the race, you know, you look at the names here, you've got Starkowitz is two minutes in front, then you've got McKenzie, Kinlay, 
Van Leard, Al Sultan, who are the writers, you've got Butterfield, but then you've got like Aneka Lanus, Bevan Doherty, Tim O'Brien, you know, you've got some of the, Alexander was in there, Tim McDonald, you've got some really good runners there. So you're thinking it's going to be a pretty good run race. It is. So, and th- this, so this is, I think the split that I got here was at the turnaround. So it's three hours and six minutes in. So as Bevan said, it looked like there was a bit of a split starting there. You had those McKenzie and. No, that must have been after the turnaround. No, um, I think it's at Harvey because Harvey's past halfway. Oh, okay. Um, and so you've got that small split of the strong bikers getting off the front. But yeah, Bevan, Brack. Oh, no, Kanana, sorry, that's including this one. Sorry. Yeah, they're all at about, you know, they're only 30 seconds down on those front guys of riding. And I'm just thinking, yeah, we were, we were sitting there doing a trainer in my garage going, this could be coming off the bike, you, you know, it's going to split up, but you might have seven or eight guys coming just off the bike together, together and having a run race. This is going to be fascinating. And then... And I'm thinking, Dockett, you might be able to win this thing, you yeah. know? Inside of myself, I was like, well, Bevan's in a good position right now. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> everything shit just hit the fan. <laughs> it's just, I cannot believe the split. So I, I intentionally did this. <laughs> I took this halfway split and then I've looked at the split coming off the bike and you guys are watching it so you know roughly the splits. But... The interesting thing, so two and a half, they're two and a half minutes down roughly at the turnaround, coming off the bike, you know, guys like Bevan, Kanana, um, Timo Brack, and Nico Lanos, they've lost over 10 minutes to guys 12. like um, Bock, um, Frederick Van Leerd, Ferris, and um, McKenzie and all that. Stuckwitz. In In less than 90Ks, they've lost like 10 minutes to them. Yeah. And Bevan's a machine rider, um, and Nico Lanos is a machine rider. I'm just just couldn't quite believe the and gaps. it split up too, didn't it? Too, you know, you had this massive a, congregation of people, and then all of a sudden it just kind of ones know, and twos. Yeah, and no one could say together. It was just bizarre. Um, so yeah, coming off the bike, Starkowitz had that minute lead. Luke McKenzie caught them up, but then uh, Starkowitz obviously really wanted to be first off the bike. Yeah, and then you had uh, McKenzie and Keenland, Freddie Van Leer, sort of all within, um, you know, relatively close to each other. Um, but McKenzie, you're thinking, ah. Oh, yeah, even if he has a good run, probably three hours, three oh five. Yeah, yeah he, he could be he could be right amongst it, but not going to. You're kind of thinking maybe a top ten, mm. you know. And, and so my thoughts coming off the my, my thoughts coming off the bike were, Freddie Van Leer's probably in the box position here with with Keenlay. If they put in a good steady run, they could take it. But I was thinking, you know what? I reckon someone like Bevan or Timo Brach, James Kanana, and Nico, someone like that, they're going to come through. And, and they didn't have to it. run stupidly fast, you know. If you look at the if you look at the men's race here, so Van Leer did a, a mm-hmm. two fifty one. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have got someone like um, one of the faster runners, and they're not even the top ten, so I haven't got their splits in front of me. But if you had <laughs> if you had those guys who can get you know that low two forties, yeah, you know. They'd have to have a star day, and an eco line. I mean, yeah, Van, Van Leer had a good run. I was thinking maybe if he, you know, if he runs two fifty, that's going to be hard for them to catch. But if he ran, you know, two fifty five, then they run two forty five, they take it. And and, and they just no one fired. None of the runners fired. No. So Freddie Van Leer. But this is the first time in a long time that a cycler, Van Leer's kind of a solid athlete. Don't get me wrong, but it's the first time in a long time a runner hasn't won the race. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you had. Um, um, German dude, Stadler. Oh, yeah, take that's, it. That's, that's nearly 10 years ago now. Yes. It was, uh, so, so Freddie Van Leer takes the race. Fantastic. Just an awesome, steady day. I saw in a post-race interview, his objective was to be the fastest of the faster riders, the fastest runner of the faster riders. So well, yeah, he's not targeting a 240 marathon because he probably can't do it anyway. Yep. But We he, didn't need to, did he? He said, um, 
where his weakness was that he felt last year was in the last 40k of the ride. He managed to keep up with the guys like um, Pete Jacobs and all that, but he suffered for it um, on the run. So his big focus in his training in the last 12 months was I've got to be better at that last 40k of the ride. Um, got to be as fast as what I was last year, but come off in better shape for the run. And that's basically what he did. So his splits, um, 51 swim, 425 on the bike, 251 on the run for an 812.29. And just a strong, steady, all-round day with the leaders out of the swim, with the first guys, sort of group guys off the bike, and then just put in a steady run. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome, and it was good too because you you, you gave him no chance. I gave him no chance. <laughs> I said he didn't have the X factor, and you look at those splits, and that is not an X factor. You know, you look at last year, Pete Jacobs, or you look at one of Crowe's. You're going, you know, when Crowe had that awesome race and set the course record, he lit it up on the bike yeah, and the run. And the run, yeah. Last year, Pete Jacobs pretty much did the same, and um, and so I'm looking at Freddie Van Lee. And if we look at what happened in the female race, we had a course record. Mm. You know, we you know we had Rachel Joyce go sub nine. We had some pretty fast times. Well, 12, 8, 12, and bad going. But on a day like this, where it was perfect riding conditions, you had a good tailwind, good pack riding for a long time, you'd expect it to probably have gone a little bit faster. You would. And and Freddie Van Lee had awesome. Oh, I'm not yeah. taking anything no, away. Far I mean, you're the world champ. I'm like, I mean, God. And, he, and, and he's had an amazing season. He won Abu Dhabi, one of the biggest races. He, he, he crushed One thing about France. Freddie, we have to say, you know, because it was a few years ago, Freddie Van Lee came out of nowhere. One, one, like, he was a name we'd never even heard of. Mm. He wins Abu Dhabi, and we're like, whoa. But he does seem to perform on the big days. Mm. He's one of those big day athletes. You know, like if we look at some athletes who seem to have the, the pedigree but don't seem to deliver, and Van Leer, if you look at his career since that first race in Abu Dhabi really came along, he's consistently performed at the big races, hasn't mm. he? You know, he is yeah. a big race performer and, and this worked. And he and, and we've, we've said this time and time again, you know, people going, well, how's, um, how's Lanos going to do? You know, he's a form athlete of the year. He's won Melbourne in really good fashion and he's won uh, Germany, Germany. Yeah. And, and I think he's, he won something else. You know, he was a form athlete of the year. We see every year the guys that race well, middle of the year, don't race well yeah. in Kona. And Van Leer basically shut it down from the sounds of it um, after his early season races and just all focused on Kona. He didn't even Smoked do like it. media at the race and stuff mm. like that. He kind of just stayed away from everything. Pete Jacobs in previous years done the same thing. Been crap most of the season, relatively crap. Comes up to Kona, smokes it. So just just incredible. It was a funny comment that I had on email. Cool women's race, but what was wrong with the marathon running and the guys yesterday? And this is a comment Bev and I discussed before the show. You look at this top ten, and I don't. Nobody in the world would have got half of these names in the top ten here. It's just this is what I was saying about Free Van Leer. I didn't feel that he had the X factor to win. And when we talk about the athletes, we were thinking, right, who's going to who's gonna take this race last? And I was saying last week, right. Yeah, you've it's going to be Curry, one of the top guys. You've got Ray Lert, you've got um, uh, Pete Jacobs, you've got Lanos, and maybe Bevan Doherty. I was thinking, chance out, one of those five guys has got a fire. And, and maybe Keenlay as well. Keenlay did really well, third place, great performance, kind of, Thought he would have run a bit faster than that. Yeah, but in saying that with Kenley, I felt the effort he had to put on the bike. I never really felt like it, I didn't think he was going to win it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, just on the run, I just felt you know like the effort he had to go through. You know those spikes he would have got on his heart rate, those matches they always talk about with training peaks. I just didn't feel. I think that you felt he had to pay a price to get to where he was, which meant he couldn't then take, take that next step to get mm. the win. It was. You know? um, yeah, so it's just it's an odd, very odd top ten. I got to say, performance of the day. I reckon Freddie Van Leer, you know, that race for me, 
looks pretty similar to what he did last year, and yep. he moved up a few 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 um, places on the rankings. Luke McKenzie's race was just out of this world yeah. in terms of. I mean, happy yeah, for him too. He only ran two fifty seven, which is not. It's not a fast run time, but for the first half of that run, I'd love to see his halfway split because he was not losing any time in that first half of the run. He looked pretty good, and Freddie Van Leer wasn't really taking hardly any time out of him. Um, and he obviously clearly faded in the second half of the run. But Luke McKenzie is the epitome of a triathlon junkie. He's been doing the, doing it since a very young age, and he says, you know, when we interviewed him, he'd been doing the support stations when he was like eight years old and, and Kona. He knows... He's on 125, I think, for the first half. Yeah, so there you go. So 125 and then um, at 132 for the second half, roughly. Yeah, yeah about, about, yeah. So more than that, more, um, one, one uh, anyway. I'm um, just one, really kind of trying to calculate this quickly in my mind, but somewhere around that, yeah. So Luke McKenzie is just, and he knows everything about the sport. He knows all the old names and stuff. He's just the, 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 the anorak of our sport. And we did see a little bit of this earlier this year because he had that one race where he just – remember he had that race? I can't remember which race it was. was it, uh, Ken's maybe I think it was. We, but it was just an s- amazing performance across all three disciplines. Mm. Like he had a solid day and you kind of thought, well, I remember talking at the time, maybe this is – you know, maybe he's taken that next step because if McKenzie, he's, always, he's been that traditional guy who's been the mean cyclist who always blows or, mm. or occasionally have a good race when we maybe get a top ten. But – he was awesome, man. He had yeah. a great race. And that's those guys like him who are great cyclists, you do a sub three-hour marathon, you're going to be in the mix. You know, other years he might have been fourth or fifth, but you're going to be in the mix. So awesome for him. Sebastian Keenlay, you know, he was crap most of the season up until the 70.3 champs. Did awesome there. So it was a really good solid race. I think he can do better than that, and I think he's a future champion. Nobody, I mean, a few people might have picked James Kanana, but um, he was looking really good coming off the bike. But, you know, it's not his debut in Kona, but it's the first time I think he's done it since he's really been stepping things up. So yeah, I think Tim O'Donnell, awesome. you know, his fifth place is, is he's, he's every so O'Donnell, year. O'Donnell, not O'Donnell. O'Donnell, sorry, O'Donnell. Um, Chris O'Donnell, every year is just taking Tim that O'Donnell. next step. Now you've got the oh, first name wrong. Because <laughs> Chris O'Donnell's the actor, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tim that, o- that's why I called um, Tim O'Donnell Batman. That's right. Nobody got it. Because it was Robin. He wasn't Batman. Oh, okay. okay anyway, um, he's just taking a step every year, isn't he? Mm. You know, and, and do you think he's got the X Factor? Well, I'll say no because then he'll go and win it. <laughs> so, so, so if we look at some of the means to traditional runners' times, you've got Nico Lannis did a 301. Mm-hmm. You've got Craig Alexander did 307. You've got, you know, these guys. Well, they just had crap days. Even if you look at the good runs, like Bart Arnott's had the fastest run split, 244. He's an amazing runner. You can expect him to actually go quicker than that. So he's, you know... Um, and then Ivan Rana came through with a really good run with a 2.47, but the rest of the guys, yeah. you know. You wouldn't have picked this top 10, would you? Like, how many of this top 10 would have you got? I would, well, I would have thought Keenlay, Frederick Van Leerd. Um, I probably would have, I think I would have put Rana in there, probably Arnott's. O'Donnell, maybe. And probably fair. So the ones that the real surprises, uh, I'd probably say Luke McKenzie. I certainly wouldn't have. Um, Tyler, no, no. Tyler Butterfield, no way. Kanana, you, you didn't know. He, on paper, he, he could have, but I probably wouldn't have put him in you there. You wouldn't have put him at five? No. So just, but the main, the main thing here is, is firstly, you're picking out the ones you wouldn't have picked, but the ones that you would have picked, you know, where are they all? Yeah. You know, all, all your real big hits. Ray Lert. Ray Lert, Lano, Lanos, Jacobs, Alexander, and possibly Bevan Doherty. No, not there. You know, and, and all of the last week you're saying, well, you know, it's going to be one of these guys. Mm. And the only guy who, Kenley is the only guy who made it in the top five. Yeah. Amazing, so, a fascinating race. Yeah, just not just, the most exciting race, but 
I, I watched the whole bloody thing. Uh, <laughs> it, it was. Um, well, the, it would have been great to have a runner coming through who was. Kid, I, I think yeah. Freddie Van Leer would have won it regardless because the, the guys were just too it's far a bit back. Of excitement. But if you had somebody coming through who was on target for a two forty and just uh, going just, right, yeah, he's, he's going to have to push it. So, just really interesting, really interesting. Uh, I've got to say, yeah, Luke McKenzie's bike ride was fantastic. Negative the way that he. We're going to talk about his power, our power files in a minute when we interview mm. AJ. DNFs, um, Dirk Bockel, he was right up what there coming there? off I was, the bike. Uh, yeah. I think he was like maybe fifth coming off the bike. Raylert DNF'd. Bevan Doherty from um, a tweet that I saw, he couldn't keep any food down um, and he just he didn't fire a bullet on the, on the run, you know. Uh, he was just... Not his day. Just not his day. He was just going backwards from, from the get-go. So if we look at we look at um, tryratings.com, now again, next year if you're on, if you're on Kona Day, um, Dawson did this really cool thing where basically as the race was progressing, he was kind of predicting based on their stats mm. where they will position. It was quite a cool, cool thing he was doing, wasn't it? Was. It was. So uh, maybe next year you check that out. We'll let you know more at the time. But he's done the same thing he did with the females. What was your expected time and how much faster or slower were they than your expected time? So Freddie Van Leer was 12 minutes faster than expected. Luke McKenzie was 25 minutes faster than expected. Because he's had some good races, but he's had some good explosions. Yeah. <laughs> Sebastian Kilney was about three minutes faster. Kanana, 12. Turno, Donald. Donald, <laughs> 10. <laughs> Ivan Rana, 10. Then we, you know, Timo Brack, Nico Lanis. Um, Bart Arnos yeah Bart Arnos Timo Ferris and Aniko 8th so through 11th were all, all slower and uh, yeah it was just who got 33 John who did get 33 guy from Hungary did he Blazos Kolski Blazos Kolski yeah, yeah he used to be an ITU guy probably why he got 33rd <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're coming, John. They're, they're coming. coming. They're coming. Andrew Starkowitz, um, a lot of people are going to give him a hard time. He still finished 21st. He, ran, he only ran a 3.25, and got to say, his running does not look particularly pretty. Um, those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, but uh, but he's still got 21st. Yeah, okay, but, but but do you see him here again? Like, you know, for a guy like him, well, you're making no money. Yeah. Although I'm sure getting the bike prem probably... You know, gives you a few thousand dollars and also a bit yes. of exposure to yourself some bikes. So there's yep. that, but yeah, he's just he's just not a runner. Yeah, and, so and like, but if if he you know if he if he ran a a three ten, yeah, he would possibly. I think he probably would be in the top ten. I don't know, but uh, no, just stuff. Oh no, yeah, he would have. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he'll he'll learn from it, and uh, if he can, yeah, he he probably pushed pretty hard on that bike. I'd imagine. So it's funny when you think about next year's picks. So Pete Jacobs ended up doing a he ended up getting thirty second. Luke Bell thirty first. Mm. Wow. Oh, Pete Jacobs isn't washed up. I think he's had a bit of bit of a, a funny old year. But I thought, you know, based off his seventy point three performances recently, I thought he was sort of coming into form at the right time. But just uh, and this just is the thing, you know, our sport's a stupid sport. It's a stupid sport, as in that you know, so many different factors can. And when you've got a race that goes for that long, and you know, it, it's it's hard to predict what went wrong for one person one day. Who knows? Next year we come back and it could be with the same players again. But this year it wasn't, and it's a. Uh, and it's good to see other guys up there, isn't it? It is. So next year, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see if Craig Alexander's done his dash. You know, it's two years in a row where he's had uh, crappy races. Do you think um, it's his day? Oh, yeah. You've got to wonder if the hunger's still there. You know, he's still a fantastic athlete, you know. He's still had some great races this year. But when it comes to Kona, the big island, when it's just all on, kind of wonder if he's still got that drive. And, he's... and, and how much does this hurt his confidence? Hmm. You know, like like who knows? Again, it might have just been one of those days, flat tire, kind of whatever. But it does chip away at you these kind of results, doesn't yeah. it? And when you've been the guy who's for years kind of dominated a sport, 
there's that confidence that comes with that that actually brings an edge. And so there's this. Hopefully, you can maybe go somewhere like Melbourne, crush it, and just say, call it a day. Call it a day. Or just go to 70.3 or do something. You, know, you don't want to see him doing a. a I don't know, Roger Federer is not quite doing it yet, but he's sort of on that slide. Yeah. Um, he would have loved to have. Because uh, he, he talked about when he, the last time he won, he wasn't sure if he was going to come back. And then he has come back twice now. And he's like, oh, shit, maybe I should have gone out on top. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we'll see what happens there. Um, sponsor John so athletes.com oh good times let's look at the fastest age groupers well this is from last year because they haven't got obviously this year's stuff okay. up, there, up there yet so I thought I would have a look through here from last year to see who the fastest finishers were last year we had uh, Joseph Major was the first athletes finisher at 859 oh, but he's a pro the first age grouper and we're going to talk about him shortly is Sam Guide who was in 906 he was taken out in 35 to 39 wow, age so group. he was a lot of fast last year and I'm hoping this year that he's going to be ageing up next year. Oh, really? <laughs> he is so fast. <laughs> uh, and then, interestingly, we had down there a guy we interviewed recently, Adam Ottstock, was the third athletes finisher uh, in 9-12. What about the girls, John? You got the girls there? And good luck with that. Yes, good luck with that. Female, 1 through 100. Look up. Dun, dun, dun. So if you want to keep all your results up on athletes.com, pretty straightforward. Um, you should... Get yourselves signed up. And the fastest finisher there was Christina Jackson in 9.57. And then Alison Black was second and Private was third. Private. 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 She's a sergeant. Yep. Or a private. Private, yeah. So check it out, athletes.com, all your results that you want. If you're a race corner this weekend, you have to go on Athletes, put it up, and you have to analyse. We'll have a look at that. Uh, hopefully they'll have the results up there by next week. Next week we will look at that. So if you've done Kona, Get your result up there, either unofficial or you can put your unofficial result up there. And if the official results are up there next week, we will give you guys a little bit of loving. So get it updated. Okay, John Bose, let's look at what happened with the age group racing. So really, we can't go through the age group um, discussion without talking about Catherine. How do you say her last name? I'm picking it. It's Catherine Fowl. Fowl, F-A-U-X. Mm-hmm. X is a weird letter, isn't it? It is. Why do we have an X? Crazy letter, Bevan. It's a crazy letter. And... Uh, Almost, you know, Rennie's performance and then probably this performance would be the second best performance of the day, wouldn't it, so in some ways? She finished 10th age grouper, uh, 10th, 10th overall. overall as age an age grouper. grouper. Uh, 59, swim, 504, 305 run for a 9.15, just behind Gina Crawford. And I think, I don't know, this is an But wait a second, there would have been different start times, so. Yeah. Yeah, but, but still. Time-wise. I think it's a, it's a course record for female age groupers. I'm pretty sure it is actually. Overall. Tim Hemming sent me an email. I'll check it out. Well, you keep talking. So that we're, um, we're, um, I've, I've had an email from Catherine, and hopefully we'll have her on the show next week. She's another pom, and she's bloody uh, poms, bloody poms. She's uh, doctory sort of pom as well. So I think she's a legit age grouper. That's just an outstanding performance. Isn't um, it like her first year racing. So she's, if, we'll find out, the, I suppose. The, the word on the street is she's she's pretty green on this. She's she's a bit of a Chrissy, apparently, uh, in terms of you know first year over there. And but we'll we'll we'll, we'll have a chat to her next Stephanie year. Stephanie Adams from Belgium, female, rode a four forty nine. Insane. Four forty nine. Insane. So when you reckon you'll beat the chicks next year? Came on. Going down. Came on. So that was a, 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 the one. Um, criticism I'm going to have of the Ironman site this year they've changed the athlete tracker and I actually like it 95% of it but you now can't see 
um, where people have finished in their categories when you've, you've got the whole screen there. So it was quite hard to tell uh, who the okay. first age groupers were and where, where everybody sort of fitted in. So uh, Catherine is the fastest ever featured female age grouper right. record ever. It's unofficial at this stage. Well, no, because it's saying officially John John Levinson from Try 247. If right. he's got it there, he's pretty sharp. He pretty he's sharp. not like us. No. <laughs> you know? uh, on the guys' side of things, he had Kyle Buckingham, uh, 56 swim, 440 on the bike, and 256 run. Very nice balanced race, 837. This is a good question to ask, John. What's the best? So he got 16th overall? Mm. What's the best male? So she must be the best ever age group as in modern times. So obviously earlier on when the new mm. people went to the sport. What's the best age group finish is, and it's hard nowadays because there's a split start, so it's not necessarily mm. fair, but let's just go with it. For females, now, we'd probably argue she must be 10th age grouper, 10th overall mm. probably is the best, but what's the best of guys have done? Because 16th overall 16th is, pretty is pretty impressive. pretty high up there. Yeah. Pretty high. Yeah, I'd be interested if anybody does know if there's anything. Yeah, um, someone do some research on that for us. Now, I saw an interview with Kyle Buckingham with um, Bob Babbitt after the, after the race, and he's only been doing tries since 2009. Doesn't have any amazing background in the other sports. Really, just does first Ironman ten twenty nine at age twenty five. Really, and then has just smoked it ever since. Really, ten twenty nine, and now he's doing eight thirty seven in Kona. Yeah, and that was only four years ago. Wow, how come I didn't progress? What did you do that? wrong? Yeah, you were my coach. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> uh, well, that's phenomenal, man. You know, like, and it's a solid all round performance. Isn't it? Fifty six swim. You know, that's only a few minutes off the, you know, well, it's probably a little bit off the fast guys, but, you know, it's a good solid swim, 440 on the bike, and then a sub three run. Mm. It was a fast day. It was. You know, I think this is what, this is my prediction for next year, John. You're screwed. Well, <laughs> the weather's got to be bad one year. I, I, I want a crappy weather year. I, you I, do? I want it tough because I had it, I, the year, when I had it, 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 five, it yeah. was like this year, and I felt, you know, cheated. Cheated. You were cheated, John. So, surely we're going to have a tough year. Yeah, and then again, the cyclists might win it again. Mm. So it, it was it was just fast across the board. So I had a look at the thirty five to thirty nine age group, and just to sort of uh, rack up how I, I thought I might do, and it's not looking too too flash. <laughs> <laughs> it was insanely fast. Eight forty five on the dot too. Mm. So this guy Sam Guide, who's uh, won the age group a couple of years, I thought I'd just do a quick bit of analysis for for the, how fast he's been and compare this year to other years. Last year he went 9.06, so he's 20 minutes faster this year than wow. what he was last year. Okay. So that's sort of taking factor. And last year wasn't a slow year. No. And then the year before that he went 8.50, and that was the year that Crowey set the course record. So looking at that, you know, 8.45 this year, 8.50 there, Crowey set the course record, yet the pro guys were 10 minutes slower than what Crowey was when he set the course record then. Don't know what that's saying, but uh, anyway. John? Uh, mm. Where do you think you've got to go on this year? If well, you're, you're match fit, no, no, this time next year, yep. on this, today's course, or so this weekend's course. I had a look through the results and stuff to sort of see. Look like, at him, he's, he's eyeing it up. Yeah, so when I've swum before, when I've been in good swim shape, I'd swim about the same as Gina. She swam 54. Okay. Don't know if I'm quite going to be in that shape next year, but let's, let's call well, it. Well, you will be. Let's call it. Um, okay, he's already talking it down. Let's call it 55. Okay, 55. Okay, good. And then on the Okay, bike, well, Sam, he did a 108. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a lead there. <laughs> Uh, he rode 4.29. Yeah. I ain't riding 4.29. Looking at the results here, if I get the training in and if I have a really good day, I reckon about 4.50 is possible. Yeah, that's realistic for you. Yeah. And, and when we talk about the chicks, I'm, I'm looking at Rennie's times there. I'd have a couple of minutes on in the swim, maybe put eight to ten minutes on the – maybe at least call it eight minutes on the bike. She rode 4.58. Pretty as you're not starting at the same time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you versus Rennie. <laughs> and then, and then – 
I reckon I can run pretty close to three, if not three. If I had an amazing day, I reckon I could yeah, bang out three on the So numbers. on your perfect day, you could, so what time would you come up with? So about the same as what Rennie came up with. Okay, so about an 8.50. But that is assuming, yeah, I, yeah, perfect A, day. A, A, I yeah, get the training man. in, and I, and I know it's great talking, good game, but I've got to get the training in. I don't know if I can. No, I listened to him. He's talking it down. He's and I've got to have the great day. Yeah, but you've if, got to have a great I, day. If I do have a, a, a fantastic day, I'd be thinking in those conditions, if I was in that race, somewhere in that 8.50s range, so 8.50 to 8.55. So you take out Joycey, you reckon? Yeah, but man, I've got to have an amazing day to do that. Yeah, but that's what I'm working towards. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what you so, want. So, you know? and looking at the age group there, so I'm, you know, no, fifth place was nine hours, nine hours and fifty one seconds. So if you if, so if you go to sub nine, mm. you'll get your podium. Mm. Come well, on, I don't, yeah. Come on, John, you want the podium? Don't deny it. I'm not. I'm not going to call it. I'm, I'm. I'm getting on the stage if you get in the top five. I'm not saying I'm on the podium. Yes, you I'm, are, John, because no, that's the rules. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm on the podium unless I'm in the top three. No, I'm giving it to you. Okay, well, in that case, can I have your medal? Okay. If, you, if you get the bowl, can I go up on stage and say I'm you? I need it. I need Come it. on, okay. Here's the deal. There's no deal. No deal. <laughs> well, you, I don't know if I don't get in the top three. I'm no, not. I'm just not going to say I'm not I'm, I'm on the stage. I'm not on the podium. But, I'm on the stage. Oh, so you, oh. I'm on the stage. I'm not on the podium. Because I'd love it if you got fourth and I went up on stage and got your medal. That, that ain't happening. <laughs> that ain't happening. But it's easy to t- – I mean, you can sit here and talk a great race. But, uh, yeah. That's what I think I'm capable of doing if I had a great day and if I get all the training done. I'm trying to get the top. Okay, so 30 food female was um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Anja Bernicki from Denmark. Okay. There so there we go. Um, other quick things. Harry Anderson made it by three minutes. Harriet. Anderson. Harriet, sorry. And, um, and one of them women missed that by 40 seconds. I saw a picture. They closed the gate to the finish line. You couldn't get into the finish. Oh, did they close it? They sort of closed it. I, th- I think you can sort of walk through it, but it's not. Well, it actually looked like they had closed it. So it's, uh, yeah. Oh, so, so, and, and so they should. No, they shouldn't. Yeah, it should. No, they shouldn't. You don't get your medal. You don't get a T-shirt. But you still get to cross the line. Yeah. Well, I, th- I don't know if she crossed the line or not. But anyway, she didn't. It's a bit yeah. harsh. Yeah. Got 40 seconds. Yeah, he's got 17 hours to do it to get the business done. Gordon Ramsay finished? He did. Mm-hmm. Did the milk guy finish? He did. Yeah, he was He was about an hour in front of him, I think. So oh, I got a message saying, was he yelling? Apparently Gordon Ramsay's yelling at people on the street, the, the aid station oh, people. Really? But I reckon it's probably crap. It's like, water, water, water. Yeah, yeah, it's like, Everybody's good, doing good, that. Good. It's good communication. Um, anything else I need to know? I did see, think it was interesting, Gordon Ramsay, when he was running out with his bike, he had his bike shoes in his hand. He went to the toilet, did you see that bit? No. He went to the toilet and he runs into the aid station and the cameras are on him because obviously, oh, Gordon Ramsay's in, Gordon Ramsay's in. And, uh, and he goes for a pee and they didn't know what to do with the camera. Oh, so yeah. They started pointing it towards the portal and they're like, oh. It's, yeah. It's quite funny. Uh, anyway, good times. The good. shoes. Sorry? Okay, here are a few more spectacular stats from age groupers. Milos Kosak won his seventh consecutive age group world championship in the 70-74 category. Nice. The Canadian went 12-03. Nice. No. That can't be right. It's on the Ironman website. must be true. That's ridiculous, John. 70-74, he did 12 hours. Mm. No, I don't believe it. That can't be right. (laughs) That is unbelievable. John, that's... That's fast. It's 70. Mm-hmm. Belgium's Christian uh, Bodson uh, dominated the men's 50-59 with a blistering 9-18. Nice. Kyle Buckingham. Talk yeah, about him. Yeah, uh, Canada's Canada's. Canada, Canada. <laughs> Beverly Watson won the 60-64 division in, in sub-12, 10-11. Nice. Great Britain, oh, we talked about her. Uh, Gordon Ramsay, 
So he did a, a 120 swim, a 635 bike, and then he ran a 554, did in 14.04 on the clock. Nice. Uh, a Mexican guy did his 100th Ironman, Luis um, Avriales. He did 15.54, and finally rounding out, <coughs> yep, Harriet was the last one to come in. So the, in terms of the live coverage this year, I thought it was uh, a good another step up. I thought they stepped up last year, stepped it up again this year. The athlete tracker was... Um, I thought was quite cool. Downside, as I said, you couldn't sort of separate the pros from the age groupers, but now when you go to the results, you can actually see that. Really cool feature I liked is they had the leaderboard up there. So you could click on the leaderboard tab and you could actually, I guess it was just when they went over timing mats, you could actually see where people were at. So that was really good. Um, They had the little favourites. Why why, why can't we, how many timing mats were there? Was it often? a few on the run. Okay, good. Yeah, a few on the run. Not not as many as the approach. How much does the timing mats cost? Oh, it's, you know, it's not not much. Like, why wouldn't you have hundreds of them out there? I don't know. Anyway, you know, the, like, the easiest solution is you just give them the GPS things yeah, like we exactly. discussed. Um, and they had a little favourites thing, which I quite liked. I just chucked a couple of favourites in there so I didn't have to keep typing in names and stuff. And one other thing that I noticed on the coverage was they had the pro tables, and I think that might be the first time they've done that. But on the run, they had separate aid station yeah. tables for the pros which I thought was um, a good initiative they do that at all the big marathons around the world so it seems like they're listening to the pros and yeah it's not fair the age groups don't get all their stuff blah no, blah blah but um, yeah it is it's their living so it's, uh, I thought that was it was a really good move yeah of course the coverage could be a lot better of course they could have more cameras on there do better stuff on the on I do the think they light. could do with more cameras the thing is mm. that's frustrating is that they obviously have limited cameras and I'm not sure how many there are but they often just stay on an athlete for a long for period ages. of time. Yeah. yeah. And and it doesn't really it doesn't really show the race dynamic that much. And I know, you know what, on the bike it's not that interesting anyway, but pan back and get the whole group and stuff. Yeah, or, or do some or, stationary. Or they'll shots. stay on the female race for a long time and you're wondering what's happening in the male race. And later on in the race they did it where they split the screens. And I kinda of wonder mm. why wouldn't you have that happening all the time? You might talk about what's happening in the guy's race, but then at least you can kind of see what's happening in the girls' race. And I found at times I was really interested to see, well, what's happening in the girls' race now? And there wasn't much happening in the males' race at that time. And you're just, you know, you'd have to wait or you'd be looking mm. for the feed. And so, it, you know, to put a split screen or to have the alternative to have, you know, go to this link to watch the girls or go to this link to watch the guys. Mm. Is all good. The ads, when oh. they went to air breaks, they, they went for too long. I was genuinely embarrassed for Chris McDonald and... The uh, blender? When yeah, he did the blender, the blender. plug? <laughs> It didn't, didn't, it didn't sell it to me. I didn't want it. You could tell he didn't, that was a part of the job he didn't like. Uh, and the scales and stuff. I, I mean, didn't see oh, the scale one. Oh. The blender, the blender. Why would you need a blender to blend into a bottle? <laughs> I didn't really get it. Because it wouldn't be that make, big. If you're making a smoothie type thing um, and you wanted to... Yeah, Anyway, I thought the commentary team were really good. I thought Michael Lovato and um, Liedo and Welshie and Chris McDonald, I thought, were really good. They're they're not knowledgeable. Um, (laughs) I don't care care if they had female. I don't care if it's male or female as long as they're good. But they didn't, you know. Like I think in tradition, they do. They often have, you know, Paula or... The Michaeli and Paula bitch fight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, good point. I didn't really, didn't really notice. Yeah, that. I was really, I was kind of a bit disappointed in that, to be honest. But, I, but I thought they did um, a, a really good job, you know, and they gave good perspective. Those guys are, are pro athletes, and, and I just Chris McDonald, really well. he, he, the guys on the street did a great job, but he's getting a bit of an American twang. Oh, did you notice that? What? Yeah, yeah, no, he's had that for a while. No. <laughs> it's like, but it's kind of a mix between the Australian and the, yeah. and the American. I was like, yeah. it'd come and go. I was like, well, wait, you're changing, Chris. You're changing. So, but he did a great job. Mm. The, the blender was definitely, but the problem was the ads. It wasn't the plugs. You know, like you know what, 
it costs a lot to put that on. I don't mind them putting ads on. When they went to the ad breaks, it was just really long. Mm. You know, like they put like five or six ads on. There were ads that seemed to be like a minute long. So your mm. ad breaks would be like six or seven minutes, what it seemed like. And uh, maybe they're better off to go shorter blocks more often. Mm. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, you know. It, I can't give them a hard time. They've got to make money off what they're doing here. Yeah. Um, and the ads were interesting. You know, it was the right kind of product they were trying to advertise, except for that blender seems a bit of a waste of time. <laughs> but in scales, you know, we've got enough problems in the sport for people worrying about their weight. But yeah. um, but overall, yeah, they do a great job. Yeah, you know, free coverage. We're still a minority sport. They haven't got a billion-dollar sponsor. I don't know. I, I think it's pretty reasonable. GoPro? Yes, I was just really... It's the second year I need my row, power back now. I need my need power. power John's, you know, we're, we're switching it's, between power today. It's really bizarre to me that you get your sponsors signed up in the week of the race. Is that what happened? Well, it was just, yeah, it was never the GoPro. I'd never seen GoPro mentioned. Same thing happened last year. All of a sudden, it was the My List World Championships. And I guess they're holding out to try to get a big, really Ford big or a, Ford. Yeah. Or it just seems they like, must have ripped their undies when they lost Ford, eh? Because mm. Ford would have been a great sponsor, you just, know, just kind of Ford money. Yeah, it just seems odd. A great sponsor, good on them. I hope, I hope the they age group, from it. I hope the age group has all got uh, winner of each category got a GoPro or something like that. That'd be a really nice um, thing. Don't know if they would. Maybe give us a bit of feedback on that. But yeah, it's just, I just thought it was odd. Good sponsor, good product, but just a bit odd. I was on Facebook at the time, and I was saying where people watching it. Got some people watching it in their houses in New York. Where for people around the world, it's quite cool. Mm. Minnesota. Mm. And some other news from WTC during the week. Uh, Iron Man Lam Kawi is making a return in September. It's been three years. Oh, we're still in New Zealand, are we? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Three, <laughs> three years since uh, they've had a race in South East Asia. Do sponsor? We need yep. to sponsor first. Well, you plugged onto, you went on a GoPro. You skipped it. Oh, did I? I was just, I, just, I didn't even know. I was just bringing it up. Oh, okay. Wait, it's oh, again, sponsor. Okay. Uh, we'll do this one other piece of news. Iron okay. Man, uh, the other Iron Man they've announced is Iron Man Mallorca in September. Where's that? That'd be pretty cool. It's in the Canary Islands, sort of off Spain. So late season oh, nice. Euro race. Good timing. And it uh, should be a really cool course. So a few more Iron Mans for you guys. Okay, we'll talk about other news in a second. John, sponsor. Had an email through from uh, a listener and somebody I coach who tried extreme endurance for the first name time. name Annette Lee. Annette Lee, Annette, how you go, my good mate? Yeah. I was in her all the time. scathing of the, uh, the Iron Man coverage. Oh, was she? Well, yeah. she's an insider. She is an insider. We did get a lot of people saying they didn't really like the coverage, but... Oh, I thought it was all right. Yeah, they do all right. Uh, it's a long thing to commentate on all day for. Oh, yeah. I thought, the comment, I thought the commentators did really well. I just thought they went backed up with the best camera footage. Yeah, mm. yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, but she, Extreme Endurance took it four days before the event, after the race. Did she race Kona? No, 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 just in a half marathon. Uh. Very little muscle soreness. Only taking it for four days, ran a hard PB run, hardly any muscle soreness. <sighs> it's a no-brainer, John. Pete McLeod also did Kona at the weekend. How'd he go? Um, I think he, he got a drafting penalty. I saw that. Oh, some dirty sort of, dog. Some sort of infringement there. But he was on it before when he did uh, when he qualified at Canada. and Canada? Canada, <laughs> yep. Just smoked it. No muscle soreness afterwards. So really encourage you guys, if you're doing a lead-up race and you want to get back into your training, so for example, I've got a half Ironman I'm doing in a couple of weeks' time, critical part of my build-up is to be able to get over that race as quick as I can and get back into training. So yes, I'm looking for the performance enhancements it can give me, but a really big thing for me is to be able to get back into training. In the past, when I've done races, you know, I am ruined for like 
basically a week. Yeah. You can't do anything productive for a, for a whole week. With this, still got to take your recovery after the race and make sure you get over it, but uh, significantly enhanced. So check it out, uh, xendurance.com. If you want to get a discount, use the code IMTALK5. If you have any issues or anything like that in terms of shipping, you're not the code's not working for some reason, anything like that, just email, email them. them and they'll sort it out for you. They really got great customer service. And if you want some in New Zealand, I've got another shipment coming in. I'm now going to have a continuous product, um, oh, nice. Extreme Endurance. So if you want any, just get in touch with me. I'll get it up on a website at some stage. But for now, just email me. And it's going to be, I think the price will be either $55 or $60 New Zealand for a uh, for a packet. And that basically lasts you for, for a month. Good times. Okay, xendurance.com, guys. Check it out. Um, Jombo, we didn't really talk about Russell Cox's... Article, do you want to go on to oh, that? Oh, yeah, no, I did want to give that a bit of a plug. Russell Cox, coachcox.co.nz, I'm .uk, sorry. He is, um, he's just a bit of a stats guy, which we really like, and he kind of went through the race and came up with some interesting figures. And what was really interesting about this, we kept, we're going on and on about the guys' race not being fast, but this, Russell's analysis really backs up that the age group times across the board were quite a bit faster. Okay. So one of the interesting stats that he's got, he looks at the... The top 20 splits in each age group, and he's got, if, if you go onto his page, he's got a sort of blue line that goes along that shows the performances from this year, and then he's got an orange line, which is the average performances for each placing. And in every age group, the blue line, so this year's performance, is significantly lower than the orange line, like really significantly. I can't see any lines yep. where it's even remotely close until you start getting to like the 80 to 84, and, and I guess in that one it's um yeah. there's probably not that many people in the age groups so but yeah just just fascinating that it's the only downfall is he's got sub 10 hour finishes from ironman world championships and so you know right from back to 2005 i wish he had 2004 in it because that was a really slow day oh yeah, yeah you know well, that, yeah. Was, that was the day i did it and it was really really slow and so it'd be interesting to see you know look if we look at this year 31 percent sub 10 hours wow and traditionally you're kind of looking more to like 20 to 25 percent mm. really so it was a fast day. Yeah. So like last year, which was a bit more challenging, only 18%. And then the year before, which was the fast year when Crowe set the record, uh, 26%. So you're just seeing that it was a fast day. Now, pro race, age group race, different story, different dynamics going on. Yeah. But across the board in the age group racing, it looked pretty fast. If you want to check it out, go to coachcox.co.uk. And Russell will probably put some more stats and stuff up there as well. But it's uh, across the board, it was a fast day. Yeah, it really was. Okay, John, other news. So let's put up the other news section here. Okay, so the other news. Uh, Record-breaking victories at Challenge Barcelona. So Sergio Marx from Portugal went 8.05. Nice. And Eva Wooty went 8.51. I think she is the girl that won Challenge Denmark. No, it's changed from Challenge Denmark to challenge uh, to Ironman Copenhagen she went some insanely fast time there I think it was her uh, I would say we had an email through apparently the run course was um, quite short about one and a half k short so you want to be yeah, adding on that, didn't we? Yeah. you got to add on probably I don't know five minutes or so to how can you get one and a half k short uh, I think I don't I don't know. Nowadays with GPS, it's pretty hard to yeah, get that one wrong. I guess if you're doing a circular course saying, or if there's some road closure, as long as they say before the race, yeah, road course short. is one and a half, we're sorry, but maybe if they I don't know. Anyway, we've had that argument plenty of times before, but it's, um, yeah. I guess swim a little bit more. 
But nowadays with GPS, it's pretty, you can't, you know, it's hard to kind of, one and a half can is quite a lot. There may be a Someone's doing a great job, it. but that was probably a little bit, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, we've got an email from Tom, and he's uh, Tom Ballard, and Ballard, and he's a senior writer. Yes. I like that. Uh, here's right. another British Iron Distance race. They say it's one of the fastest and flattest in Europe. If so, it would be hilarious for a top pro to rock up and set the Iron Distance record. So we got a, this is called the Cotswold 226 Iron Distance event. It's been announced. And uh, it's the team 113 events announced a new Iron Distance Cotswold 226 for August 2014. It's going to be a f- Where's Cotswold, John? Cotswold is in Gloucestershire, which is near where I used to live. Oh, really? In Bristol. So you probably would have done this race. Possibly, if I'd been doing triathlon over there. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, so Bristol is, I don't know, it's sort of sort of in the middle. It's between London and Bristol. Okay. So on the, on the halfway to Wales. I know nothing about UK. Anyway, it's apparently it's going to be an amazingly fast course. I've had a half there the last few years and sells out. Fast, fast course. So they think this is going to be a real speedy course if you want to get a fast time. Because I would say that most of the UK races uh, pretty hard. You know, more epic, aren't they? Yeah. More epic. You know, you got Wales, which is a tricky course. I don't think Bolton's particularly fast, and then they've got a lot of the real epic ones. So this is you guys' opportunity to have a really fast, speedy race. So so check that out. Knowing the Poms, they'll probably go really well because they seem to love their racing over there. Mm. Um, discussion of the week, John. We uh, who's going to take out the picks? Okay, well let's pull this up because I don't think many people would have picked the picks. No, I think a number of people were picking Freddie Van Laird, and a number of people were putting him on their podium. I don't know how many people actually picked him for the win. I want to have a look and see if anybody had uh, Luke McKenzie in there for second. And I'm, no. I'm, I'm going to say pro- pro- probably not. No, he was definitely the, the dark horse, and, John. And a lot of people we didn't have, even have him as a dark horse. No, a lot of people would have had Sebastian Keenlay uh, in there in, in, as their picks. So well, a lot of people had Swanee. Yes. What happened to him? Swanee had some sort of bike mechanical on... Oh, playing the bike, eh? Hey? Playing the bike. And then Swanee, you still didn't back it up. You could have gone out there and run a sub-3-hour sub, sub three hour marathon. What did he do? do that. I'm not quite sure what he did on the run. I have to look that up. But he didn't do anything amazing. You see, this is the thing. Okay, so we've got like Lee Spore here. He's got um, Ray Lanos Bockel. Now, you would have looked at that and thought, yeah, that's pretty good picks. You mm-hmm. know, you can't go too far wrong. Joycey was first, Cave and Caffrey third. So I suppose the girls' side... You know, Joycey and Caffrey are definitely two who you would have picked yeah. in there. Black Blatchford, there you go. You almost always have a bit of a dark horse in the top three. Yep. Blatchford on the girls, Luke McKenzie on the guys. So then like, like we've got Matt Warnock here, and he's got Kinley, PJ, and Freddie Van Laird. So Freddie Van Laird and Kinley mm-hmm. are in the top three, but not probably the order you would have picked. Who else you got, John? You, you I'm, 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 I'm on the go slow. I'm getting there. Okay. Um, lots of Pete Jacobs. Lots of Andreas Raylert. Lots of... Keenley, yeah, just really the names we expect to hear. So, you know, no one, no one's got McKenzie in here. Yeah. And the girls, it's, it's again, it's those kind of, you know, it's a Stefan, Carfrey, Kessler. Yeah, so. Where's the Dark Horses pick? No one picked it. No one, no one picked it. No, but we had that post. I'm, oh, we, the week before? We've been before? posting too much stuff on flipping. Uh, no, if you go Facebook. to the, was the week before we did Dark Horse? Yeah. Okay. Here we go, Dark Horses here. Right. Okay, Richard Swan. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be the dark horse. Ben Hoffman, Rapster, Gina and Bevan, Jordan Raps, Corbin, Swallow, Batchford, Richard Swan, Andy Potts, Starkowitz. Kanana in there, he almost became a dark horse. Lanos, he wasn't really a dark horse. Doherty, no. uh, Pedro, no. Luke, oh, somebody had Luke, Luke McKenzie. Well done, Mark Zanker. Yes, you are the champion. Mark Zanker, you take the prem. Where is he? Well done, that's good, because no you're the only probably person who got it. 
Yeah. Kate. No, no one got it. Tim, Tim Heming. No, he didn't do too well. Tim O'Donnell. Tennis player, though. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clayton Patel. No, Clayton no. Patel didn't fire any bullets. So we were expecting him to come out and smoke the swim. Yeah, no, John. No. It was a weird race. It was a weird, weird race, race. But hey, congratulations to our two champions. You know, Luke Van Laird, you know. I Adam mean, Zara, also nice work. He had Luke McKenzie. Nice well work. Done. Van Laird. We Van go. Laird is coached by Van Laird. Didn't I knew that? Yep. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It is. Not well, brothers. Mark Mike Parrott, nice work. Picked um Liz Blatchford. Well done. Good work. And as did Ricky Anderson. Nice. Wow. Picked Liz Blatchford. Oh, amazing. There we go. So we did get a few. Okay, few well done, you, well done you guys. Okay. Nice one. Um, Jombo, we're going to go to an interview now. We're gonna no, talk- we're going to be this week's post is. Oh, of course. What is, is the. Uh, hopefully, you won't veto this. What is the one thing WTC could do in order to make the coverage better for you on race day? Give them a little bit of feedback. Okay, but. but one and, thing. And, and let's not be mean. Yeah. Let's not say you suck because they actually they do an okay job. They do a pretty yeah. good job. But what's the one thing, and don't say no blenders, because we actually, deep down, we want yeah. the blender. I yeah. think the blender would probably take out the blender challenge, You've got to have some ads. You've got to have some ads. And Chris, Chris McDonald loved that blender. Yeah. So that was beautiful. But uh, <laughs> That's the reason why he's had two Ironman ones lately. He got that blender. See? The blender's the difference. <laughs> but the big question is, is what do you think that they could do to just make it a, a slightly better coverage? And so you're thinking one thing only. One thing only. One thing only. Don't bitch and moan. Come up with something constructive. Okay, be positive, John. Mm. Be positive. John, interview. We've got AJ from Training Peaks on, and he's going to talk about the power files. It's going to be a long show. Mm. We're already done now, Tim. Okay, well, let's crack on. Here's, here's, here's AJ from Training Peaks. Okay, on today's show, it's the Kona Super Specials. We've got AJ from Training Peaks. So this interview is brought to you by Training Peaks. If any of you guys want to check it out, make sure you use the promo code IMTALK. If you're going for the premium service, that gives you a discount. Um, if you want to try it for the first time, make sure you go through IamTalk.me so they know you're coming from us. And it's gold service. So I use it for all my coaching. And also, uh, the guys from Training Peaks were at Kona this year. Doing and a great were, job. Yeah, capturing, live coverage. capturing some data. Yeah. So. Um, AJ, welcome along to the show again. Thanks, glad to be back on. And you're, um, you know, you're, you're probably a bit of a bit of a star now. We saw you saw you up there on the Ironman.com coverage, and um, did, yep. did they did they did they throw you a, a, a set of scales or a, or an Ironman blender or anything for your time? <laughs> a blender with a bottle. <laughs> I, I didn't get a blender or anything like that, unfortunately. But you know, just to be next to Welchie was quite the honor. So I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, Bevan Bev and I. We, we haven't actually. This interview is going to come about two thirds of the way through the show, and we haven't actually started really getting into it yet. We're doing this interview first up, but you know, it was it was just a weird race um, for, from our perspective. So really keen to hear what what you've got to say in terms of looking at the, the bike stats from from what you've seen, and, and maybe if we um, if we kicked off with Luke McKenzie because he had just a, a stellar race, and we've yep. seen him on the bike before, you know, going for it early and, and then just sort of getting a lead but, but but blowing pretty much, whereas this year he very much did a bit of a reversal on that, and, and um, you know, from, from my perspective, he just raced a really smart race. I mean, he, he obviously had to pick up his run, but it, it seemed like his, his bike was, was a much smarter ride, so... What, what did you sort of take out of his ride this year in terms of numbers versus what you, you saw in maybe previous years? Well, you know, there's a, a very distinct difference between last year and this year. Um, you know, as you mentioned last year, he was he was off the front and um, didn't really quite obviously work out for him. <clears throat> um, last year, 
on the way out, he he averaged 290 watts, pushed a little too hard, came back at about 232 watts. So, you know, definitely a little bit of a, an implosion for him there last year. He learned from that, obviously. There's no doubt about it. And uh, he came in this year with a, with a different plan. And I think a little bit, maybe the dynamics helped him. You know, it's hard for me to say exactly. Um, you know, the weather, I think, helped. Um, so what we saw was that on the way out this year, he was pushing 277 watts, um, obviously lower than last year. Maybe that's somewhat due to a little bit of the tailwind they had, um, group dynamics. But the big thing is that on the way, on the way back, he, he averaged 285. So he actually pushed more watts on the second half than, than on the first. And, and that's very unusual. Uh, we don't see that often. Um, so I think that's two things. I think, I think Luke, obviously a very smart racer, learned from last year, was, was happy on the way out to just sit and be second, third, fourth, realizing that you know, he's going to be able to do some real damage Second half of the bike, particularly from from Kauai high on, and uh, you know those those all that fell in place, and he was ready to take advantage of it, and he did, and and good for him, you know, good on him. So, um, you know, those are those are some of the, the first numbers that we saw. In terms of the um, the guys race, and, and I know you've got a few files up there. You've got Ferris's file. You've got um, a couple of other guys as well. Um, it, it, you know the race. Obviously, there was a massive pack together, and it seemed. I mean, I don't know exactly when it started to split, but it looked pretty much when they got to the end of the Queen K and started the climb up to to Harvey. From the files that you looked at, is there a really significant spike in, in, in some of the pro men when they sort of made that turn off the Queen K and, and started riding out of Kauai High, or, or where, where where did you sort of see the attacks coming? No. From, from what I saw, um, it wasn't so much a singular attack so much as it was the guys that paced themselves well were, were able to kind of just, you know, not, not attack, but really kind of uh, make a steady progression, particularly from Kauai High into T2. Um, and they just kind of stayed on the power and built, just like Luke did. Um, whereas the guys that were maybe pushing a little bit too hard, and it's very subtle. I, mean, I think that's the key here is, you know, for, for instance, um, you're, you're looking at, you know, like Luke. Luke was averaging 3.8 uh, watts per kilogram for the entire ride. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the other guys were pushing a little bit more. Even you're looking at like 0 0.1, 0 0.2 watts per kilogram more. Mm -hmm. So it's not a huge spike, um, but they paid for that effort. When uh, you know from Kauai High on, mm -hmm. and that's where that's where Luke really put you know four four and a half five minutes into into the rest of the group. So even at the pro level, uh, where where you do see guys racing each other, they're not just looking at their power meter and racing to the numbers. Um, even there, there there really weren't big spikes. When I, I talked to Luke uh, yesterday morning uh, for the for the Cork Power Download. Um, and they, you know, he mentioned that he wasn't, he didn't really expect to see Andrew Starkowitz. He, he really didn't think they'd bring him back, but he saw him on the hill going out of, of uh, Kauai High. And, uh, you know, at that point he put in, put in a big effort and, and got buy-in. Um, and from then on, he's really, he's really, really smooth. So he's not really, you know, obviously he's passing Andrew within a, a legal time. Um, and from then on his, his, his power data is incredibly smooth. So, 
you know, I, I, especially here in Kona where it's a race where guys are not, uh, you know, not content to just sit and look at their numbers, which, which I totally understand at, at the Ironman World Championships. Even there, it just goes to show that that proper pacing in the first half really will pay off for you for the second half. And as Luke showed, uh, when you put it together with a great run, it's a great result. Mm. Based on what you see around Luke, you know, in the race, what were you thinking? Were you, were you able to see his numbers during the race? And, and if so, when he was at the halfway point, he was still averaging 277. What were your thoughts about where he was in within his race? Um, unfortunately, you know, we didn't have live telemetry, so okay. we weren't going to see exactly what he was doing during the race. Um, but obviously, you know, Luke had a great race in 2011, um, 2012, obviously not such a great race. And uh, I was one of those people, I, I think like a lot of people, that was, you know, you, we've seen Luke at the front, we've seen him uh, take the reins, and uh, I was definitely one of those people that was, uh, that was hopeful for him on the run. You know, you want to see a guy like Luke who's, who's aggressive, who's, who's earned it, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's done a... Um, uh, what you know, twenty over twenty-five Ironmans. He's just he's just a workhorse, and you know, just personally, I wanted to see him succeed. So when he came off the bike uh, and he was looking good on the run, it was something that, that I was I was happy to see. Uh, Bevan just made a point there. You know, um, in terms of live tracking, I mean, um, is this ever going to happen? I mean, firstly, there's the, <laughs> the the technology side of it, but are athletes ever going to allow that? Do you think? You know that's that's a good question. Um, I, I think the you know obviously with with SRM the technology is there. They've been able to do it, um, and I think that shortly here, um, you know everyone else that they'll they will be able to do it. As far as will the athletes allow it, I, I think it's less a question of of will the athletes allow it and more of a question of um, you know will will the manufacturers like Quark and and PowerTap and and the others that are in the game. Um, how will they facilitate it? Yeah. Um, I I would love to have seen what sort of uh, watts someone like Keenley, Sebi Keenley, what was he pushing when he made his big pass around the group? You know, that's yeah. a he has to commit. He can't slot in that group. And mm. when you have you know twenty twenty five guys within one minute of each other, and and you're starting to watch Keenley go by him, you know, if you, it, I think what you want is. I think what you'll need to know to really look at the full picture is not just how many watts he's pushing, but what I would love to know um, is what is their weight and what is their FTP, their functional threshold power, mm. um, you know, the, the watts that they could hold for one hour. Mm. Uh, when, you, when you combine those things, you can really start to look and go, wow, he's, you know, th- you know this guy, you know, Keenley or this woman – um, you know, it was really, really uh, pushing hard, and maybe they're burning a match. And let's let's see how they run because they may just be uh, maybe going for it, and maybe a little too much. Um, the, one of the um, of the other sort of top ten files you got was Faris Al Sultan. He just seemed, I mean, right. he didn't quite have quite as good a race as he had last say, last year, but still, he's um, he, he shows on, his, he? he's very consistent on the bike. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's always you know top five, top ten sort of guy. And um, as I was saying earlier, you know, um, in terms of working a little bit, potentially working a little bit too hard on the way out, and, and not uh, not being able to kind of hold on on the way back. Um, you know, I've, I've actually specifically looked at comparing Luke's data to Ferris's data, and those guys, you know, they were together um, on the way out. They were together on the descent from Javi, and then Luke just kind of pulled away, and it. it 
what the file shows is um, that that it looks like Ferris was working just a little bit harder than than Luke when we look at like watts per k per kilogram, you know, which is which is the best way to look apples to apples. Subtle. I mean, you're looking at point one, point two watts per kilogram more, but it it, it really kind of you know, it's it's difficult to say because um, I I haven't been able to talk to Ferris and. What I see in the numbers, I don't know exactly how that played out. I don't know if Ferris missed some of his nutrition. Mm. I don't know what you know Ferris's uh, exact training was was um, you know leading up to the race. So I never want to say the data tells the exact story, mm. but what it indicates initially to me is that he just worked a little bit harder than Luke. And in the last, I mean, when you look at the final, in, it's in the last 33 miles. It's from Kauai High on that Luke pulls away from Ferris mm. and that four and a half, four, four and a half minute gap is all done in the, in the last 30, 35 miles. Mm. So managing your effort is, is a super, um, super important element to racing, not, not just for the pros, but actually even more so for the age groupers. So if any of you guys want to check out these files, go to trainingpeaks.com slash Kona. And it's got, um, it's got those files up there. So it's got like Craig Alexander's, Peter, Pete Jacobs, yep. mm. you know, Ben Hoffman, you know, Lindsay Corbin. So, so on the girls' side of things, you know, um, it was a somewhat similar um, race. Uh, you know, the pack wasn't, it wasn't as big, but we had a pack of uh, 9 to 10 for, mm. for a long period of time. And then that sort of split to... You know, split into different um, different groups, and you had Meredith Kessler um, really driving. Well, she was as part of that group. I'm not sure if she was really driving it or not, but she was um, sort of first equal off the bike with um, with Joycey. Uh, so you know, you've got her file and, and Lindsay Corbin's file. So, do you have any particular comments around around those two ones? Yeah, actually, and and what I would say is that it's it's actually pretty telling that um, uh, you know, like you said. Meredith was was at the front all day. A lot of TV time, talking a lot about her. You know, Lindsay was not mentioned much until till the run. She ran away to tenth place. Um, but when when you look at the file, they both had very very strong bikes. I mean, obviously Meredith, um, you know, like you said, coming off the bike, you know, near the front, she was she was putting out um, three point six watts per kilogram, which is wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's that's a huge number for the women. Um, yeah. We're not we're not that surprised because when we have we have her file from Melbourne, mm. and she was doing three point five watts per kilogram, so we weren't shocked by that in any in any way. Um, but when you look at Lindsay's uh, data, she's also she's averaging three point five watts per kilogram. So, mm. yeah, exactly, and, and it doesn't sound you know no one's going to say Lindsay Corbin Uber biker, but when you look at the data. She had a very, very strong day um, on the bike for her, and she put together a strong race. And so, um, I think that's the sort of thing where you look at and you say, you know, just just because you're not at the front of the race um, like a Kessler, um, then it doesn't mean that you're not having a strong a strong bike. And um, Lindsay Lindsay really had one of the one of the better days when we look at it consistency wise. Um, even though she wasn't, you know, an, an Uber biker, but you know, uh, hats off to Meredith Kessler. She had, you know, she, she she doesn't really have a weakness. She's a great triathlete. Um, she races to her strengths, and she knew that being up front on the on the bike with with uh, Doctor Amanda Stevens, um, you know, was was going to put her in the best position possible for for her best result. And she took advantage of it and uh, came home in, uh, I believe, sixth. 
So that's a, that's a heck of a result for her. It was interesting as well, if you look at the, just some of the facts you guys have got here, how she's increased her cadence by 10 in the last kind of six months, which is quite, quite, quite a big change in a short period of time, isn't it? Right, absolutely. And, and you know, she, she might have, I haven't had the chance to speak with, to speak with her, but, um, you know, whether she, speci- you know, how much she worked on that specifically in, in the lead up to Kona and how much she was paying attention to that on the ride and making sure she was at a higher cadence. Um, I don't know, but, you know, you, yeah, that's definitely a big difference. And I'll tell you, that was a huge difference for Luke McKenzie as well. Um, you know, 2011 when he had a, when he was, when he was ninth. He, you know, he had a good cadence. He was he was 85, and you know, last year he uh, he kind of muscled his way through it, or at least tried to. His his cadence dropped down to 74. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year he specifically worked on bringing that cadence up. He said he did a lot of motor pacing in the final weeks leading up to Kona, cadence of 100, 110, and amazingly his cadence was uh, I believe it was 92 or 93 wow. um, total. Yeah, exactly, and that's a that's a that's a huge jump, and. You know, Luke realized that's what's working for him, and uh, made that sort of change. Uh, the women we still see lower cadences. Um, you know, we, we've seen uh, seen some things in the past that that the, for whatever reason the women are in the you know mid to high seventies, uh, lower eighties potentially. Um, but uh, you know, and Lindsay Corbin even mentioned that was one thing she worked on bringing her cadence up uh, to see how that affects her on the run, and that's that. Somewhat is personal preference. It's somewhat, you know, just work what works best for you. But obviously for Luke, that higher cadence is definitely a great way to set yourself up for the run. And, you know, the run is always a function of the bike. How well do you bike? How between cadence and calorie expenditure and, and, and effort on the bike? And Luke found that great mix. And, and Meredith had a great, great race as well. It's interesting looking at um, Meredith Kessler's file here because uh, if you guys want to go on and check it out, you know, you go into trainingpeaks.com slash Kona, you can, the, the guys there have already um, identified different sections of the race by going through and putting in different laps. But what you can also go on in there and do is select different parts of the, the graph yourself and you can see what they're averaging. So for Meredith Kessler, you know, her first half of the ride, she averaged uh, 220 watts normalised power and came back in 204 watts. Now what you've got to factor in there is you've got the descent from Harvey um, on the way back, so it's, it's likely to be a bit lower from that. But I guess one of the interesting things for me from this file is Meredith Kessler was at the front of the race and pulling away, yet her second half power was still quite a bit lower, um, you know, 204 watts versus 223 on the way out, yet she was still pulling away from people. So I guess you know that really shows that a lot, if we saw some of the girls that lost more time, lost time in the second half, their power must have really dropped away. And also, I think what would be fascinating is if you guys can get your hands on uh, on um, who won the race, Bevan, uh, Miranda Carfrey's file. That would be really interesting as well because she was by you know, not by herself all day, but but not not in a big group like the other girls, and she was able to you know keep an even power output all day. She said. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I'd love to have access to that file. Um, you know, she does, uh, she does have a core power meter on there. So, um, you know, if, if, uh, if she were willing to share that data with us, we would, uh, we would love to have a look at it. But I, I, you know, I definitely, definitely agree with you, um, that, you know, her steady output all day racing her race is, uh, you know, I mean, she knows she's going to be, um, out of the water a little bit behind and she can race her own race. Um, another example of that, um, you know, from, from last year was Jordan Rapp. 
you know, he came out of the water. He was eight minutes back of the front group last year. And when we look at his file, we don't see really any spikes because he's not in that front group. You know, and the same thing with Miranda. She's not in that front group having to deal with the race dynamics. Mm-hmm. That's aging, it's, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you see this very, very, like Jordan's variability index, the level of, you know, basically, you know, uh, how smooth he was with, with one being um, perfectly smooth. He was, he was, I believe, 1.02 last year. Um, you know, 1.05 is kind of what we look for with, within the pros. Um, and that just goes to show the different dynamics. So, yeah, Marinda for sure is able to just race her race. Um, anytime you spike the watts uh, and you, you know, burn a match, you're, you're, there's a very large physiological cost, which, you know, it may, not, it may not come back to haunt you on the bike. It may not even come back to haunt you on the first part of the run. But, uh, you know, if you burn too many matches somewhere along the line on that run, it is, it is going to come back to get you. And, um, you know, in other, in, um, uh, talking about that further with, with Luke's data, Luke had a variability index of 1.05. So right at the edge of what we, what we look for. But what's interesting is at the very, in the first half of the bike, his variability index is 1.07. So higher than we'd want. But again, this is Kona. Pro men, you're racing some of the other guys. Luke's staying at the front of that pack because he's he doesn't want to drop back to, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guy, and you know, drop back to, and then have to deal with the dynamics of that. So there are some spikes for him, um, but when he gets to the front and second half of the bike, his VI and he's on he's on his own essentially, and he's you know Andy's up there as well, but. He's racing his own race. His VI drops to 1.03 from the second half. So that's why we see his VI from, of 1.05 mm. uh, for the entire race. And it's a very, very different way. He's, he's dealing with dynamics in the beginning, um, you know, first, first half. Second half, he's at the front. He's racing his race. And when I talked to him, he said, yeah, I was really measuring things by my, my, by, uh, my power meter, my quirk. And uh, it's just I, I would bet I, I have not seen it, um, but I would bet – uh, Marinda is is the opposite. She's probably a standard, you know, or steady VI variability index, <clears throat> all mm-hmm. and you know, like a Jordan Rap and, and some of the others. And uh, you know, it's just a function of uh, of where you come out with the pack. And this is the pro race. You know, you you race your best, um, your best race, and. Uh, so, so you um, we talked a lot, a lot about the pros here, but you have got one age group file there of the actual winner, um, Kyle Buckingham from South right. Africa, and right. that guy just monstered the race. Um, yeah, eight <laughs> was it eight uh, eight thirty seven was it overall? Right. Um, fastest age grouper and just um, pretty pretty impressive. However, I would say on the bike, you know, he obviously went went for it on the bike in the first yep. half and, and faded faded quite significantly in the second half, but you know he still. Road of four thirty nine, so we can't uh, can't beat him up too much about that. But he obviously went out strong and wanted to be by himself um, for for the bike ride, and, and I think he was by himself for a long period, and then got caught by a few guys, uh, you know, a bit later on. But um, and, and took it a bit easier. But geez, he he really went after it in that first half. You know, he he did, yeah, and and uh, you know, Kyle, uh, I believe he was he was the uh, top thirty to thirty four age grouper in Vegas, and he. He's he's one of you know five maybe ten age groupers um, that really is racing for that win, and so it's a little bit different for him versus you know the other uh, two thousand age groupers or so. But 
Um, you know, I, his file shows that, yeah, he, he was on his own for a while, um, had some other guys come around him. And, um, you know, you, you have to take chances. Um, you, you have to put yourself in a position to have a good day. And, you know, you want to obviously use data to kind of uh, uh, meter and, and, and monitor your effort. But at some point, you got to say, you know, hey, this is this is maybe what my power meter is telling me, but I'm going to go for it. Um, Kyle, you know, I think I think the scary thing is, you know, even though he had a he set the age group course record and he had a 439 or 440 bike, the the top bike age group the age group bike course record was also uh, taken down. 439 um, was it? Yeah, yeah, and. And 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 uh, Sam, I forget the is Sam. Um, I forget his last Sam name. Sam Guide or something. Guide, yeah. <laughs> and I don't think he has a power meter, but wow. I mean, yeah. I, I mean that, that's impressive. And 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 but but then again, as, as impressive as that is, you know, Kyle has the faster overall time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Kyle raced. His race, to the best of his abilities, he still ran a 255, 256 marathon. And, yeah, and it, and it goes to show you that even, you know, even if someone's 11 minutes faster than you on the bike, you, even at the, the very, very top pointy end of the age group race, there's plenty of room to run them down on the, uh, on the run course, which is, which is exactly what Kyle did. Um, you know, one, one stat I'll throw out there about Kyle that I think is the single most impressive you know, we talk a lot about watts per kilogram, and, and the reason we do that is because it's truly apples to apples. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the, the best way to to to, um, to compare any two athletes. Kyle's watt per kilogram was uh, 3.81, I believe, uh, watts per kilogram, whereas Luke McKenzie was like 3.87. Wow. So he's legitimately putting out <laughs> power uh, numbers uh, of the pros and. Um, you know, we talked to him afterwards, and he did say he was going to go pro for next year. So mm-hmm. a lot of you age groupers uh, can maybe breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. You're not going to have to be dealing with that guy, uh, you know, next year, 20, 2014. So it's that it's a ph- phenomenal ride from from an age grouper. And we also had on the girls' side, Stephanie Adam did a bike split of 4.49, which um, beat all the females yeah. she was an age grouper so that's just uh, yeah. that's insane so AJ anything else you sort of um, want to add in terms of you know observations you made from, from the race or from, from the files in terms of uh, from a training peaks perspective yeah you know I would say that um, it, another interesting point that we, that we saw was you know obviously P. Jacobs did not have the race that he wanted yeah. um, and it's almost uh it's almost as if what Pete did last year, Luke did this year, and vice versa. What Luke did last year, Pete did this year, because he uh, Pete pushed really hard on the way out, um, you know, right around 290 watts, and uh, obviously, you know, second half of the bike was not kind to him. He struggled on the way in. You know, he he did he took you know uh, he had some back problems, um, but. You know, it just it just wasn't it wasn't there for him. Um, you know, on the back half. Um, so when you look at when you look at those sorts of things, I mean, he was he, you know four watts per kilogram last year, um, down to three point six this year. Uh, you know, it's do I think Pete was prepared to 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 race on on Saturday? You know, absolutely. Um, maybe you know, just wasn't you know one of those things. Just wasn't his day. The dynamics didn't go his way. You have to have a little bit of luck to be. You know, to win this race and, and to be even top three, top five. 
Um, I don't maybe you know those things didn't fall fall in line for him, but um, you know Pete Pete had his Garmin, um, but had um, uh, electrical tape over it, so he wasn't looking at it. He's very um, he races by feel and emotion, which is understandable for him. That's what it's, you know. Hey, won him a world title, so you can't you can't knock that. Um, I wonder though that you know had Pete been been looking at the at his watts, um, and had he seen what he was pushing. Would he have done anything differently? You know, I, I don't know. And, and and even if he had, would that have you know made it a more successful race for them? I, I can't say. Um, certainly, you can't race just purely by numbers. But I think it'd be interesting to see you know what he would have done. Um, you know, had he seen those numbers and how that would have affected his his uh, decision making process. So uh, it's it's. It's interesting when you see, like I said, two guys like that. We have uh, data from them from from previous years, and you see how they learn, and you see how they take that data, and how they train specifically, working on their their um, you know their weaknesses. You know, like I said, specifically with Luke, looking at his cadence, and he said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up," and you know that that paid off in spades for the guy. So, uh, you know, it's it's always a process. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, you enjoy your your last day in Kona today. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We. Uh, the, myself and, and the rest of the Training Peaks crew uh, fly out uh, later today, and you know uh, it's it's amazing that um, you know all the all the you know myself you know I get to do all the analysis, but you know it's the the rest of the, the crew here from Training Peaks um, you know having to literally you know r- grab the, the the head units off the bikes and run them in, and we're looking at files, and it's it's a group effort here and. Uh, you know, it's, it's been been a lot of fun for us, and we look forward to doing that at, at, at other races. Definitely here next year in Kona, but some other races will, um, you know, have have this sort of data. Our goal is always to help age groupers, you know, learn from 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 what we can show them and uh, have their best races as well, and give them the tools to to be successful. So. Oh, well, you, can, you can come and grab my Garmin next year when I'm there as well. Yeah, we'll be doing our five, five, five watts per kg. Five, five, point, five point two is what hey, I'm, I'm targeting. Well, you'll have yeah. Well, that, good for you if you can. Yeah, if you we'll get twenty k's out. out. <laughs> well, we'll you know we'll uh, we'll definitely be looking at, at that data, and you know hopefully we'll be able to say, hey man, look at how well he paced it. Look at how smart he raised, and that's what got him to you know new Ironman PR. Yeah. <laughs> we don't you know. Uh, you know, you have your plan, you stick to it, and and that's the beauty of of the data, and that's what it can help you with for sure. I reckon I'm going to be if I get to 3.5 watts, I'll be pretty damn happy. The moment I'm looking at about 3.4, well, yeah. we'll see how I see how I go. Yeah, you know, we typically, you know, at the average age grouper, we see you know right about three watts per kilogram, and mm. uh, you know that's something to something to shoot for in training, right? You can start dialing the dialing the numbers and looking at your power zones and looking at your functional threshold power and your weights per <coughs> watts per kilogram and dial it all in. Awesome, AJ. Thanks for your time. Enjoy your last day in Kona and we will catch up with you soon. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thanks. Cool. See you later, mate. Thanks, mate. John, what do you think about the power files? Great. Love it. We'd love to see some more, which would be... Uh, love to see it live. And we'd love to see, you know, it's up to the... I think they asked a lot of the pros. I just don't know whether many of them are that forthcoming. I mean, what's the big deal after the race? I mean, I, I, I get the. Yeah, point. I don't get it. Why no. would you not show? I want my power file out there if I have a good race. I'll say, yeah, there we go. Yeah, but lots of people don't have good races. Yeah, but um, anyway, it's good for your sponsor. I don't know if they're all sponsored by you. Maybe, maybe there's more stuff on the on the other websites in terms of Quark and SRM and all those. Maybe they've got more data on their own websites from their athletes. But anyway, 
It was uh, awesome stuff. Good to see. Okay. Um, and training peaks, guys. Check it out. Check Support it out. Them. Make sure you do. Make sure you go through imtalk.me because that's the only way they can track it, and, and then they know if uh, their promo on the, sh- in the show is doing any good. Okay, John. Sponsor. We're going to talk about SLS Try and SLS Try. We've got a great email here from Ron Zappendorf. Iron Ron Zappendorf. That's a great name. Zappendorf. He sounds like a rock metal band, doesn't he? Zap ya. Zappendorf, Zappendorf, Zappendorf. Anyway, went to complete uh, Ironman Louisville and met Sebastian from SLS 3. What's what's the 3? SLS Try. Ah. (laughs) Uh, At the expo. Super cool guy and bought an Iron Talk two-piece tri suits to support his company and your show. You have put out many times that Iron Man is about controlling variables. Uh, race like you trained, nothing new. That being said, uh, stated on the easy bike ride two days before completion, uh, I used my new Tri Iron Talk Tri Kit to save my trusty kit for Sunday. Well, my new SLS Tri Iron Talk Tri Kit far exceeded anything I've ever <laughs> trained in or competed in. Both fit and comfort are well above the high expect uh, price. Um, well above the higher priced equipment I've I have. I completed it in my new kit and got many Kia cars from other competitors and fans in my new SLS tri kit. Just a quick note to say thanks for your kit and uh 2014 Ironman Chattanooga in that USAT age group nationals. Thank you very much and keep up the show. So nice that other people notice them and give them the Kia cars. Well, that's what I'm thinking is a cool opportunity. I mean, it's awesome that he's saying, you know, the kit was good gear, fit, fit so, fitted so well that he actually decided to race, in it. to race in it. But I think that is a really cool point that he's made there. If you're wearing an Iron Talk suit when you're You're going to be getting some love. You are going to be getting some love because we know there's a lot of listeners out there who'll be in the race and on the sidelines. So if you want to get um, just a little, bit of extra, a little bit of extra support out there, and a bit of recognition, get on it, guys. And for um, those who don't know what kiakaha means, no, I know in previous shows years ago we were talking about this. Kiakaha is a as a Maori saying, which is you know the, the native people of New Zealand, and it stands for stand strong. Mm. And it's a quite a well known New Zealand saying for those moments when you know you need to kind of be you know tough. And so kiakaha means stand strong, and it's quite an appropriate thing to think about on the run, especially yeah, technique wise. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, the guys at SLS have still got some tri suits uh, in stock, and just if, if they haven't, just say, "Look, I want to go on the waiting list," because they basically just do a bunch of orders. So get in touch with them, slstry.com. Really well priced, and you will look stylish. One other quick thing they've got, guys: October is Breast, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Get your pink on and support to fight against breast cancer. Shop now, and SLS will donate fifteen percent of the proceeds to the cause. Now that's phenomenal because often companies go, "Oh, you will donate something." Thinking like a bit of the old half a percent. <laughs> Take the credit, but don't give. But fifteen percent's quite a lot. So I think, I'm not sure if that's on all things or if it's on the pink um, yeah, socks yep. and stuff. Check it but, out. Uh, check it out. It's it's looking good and uh, great supporters of the show. So check out slstry.com. If you're getting any of the other stuff, use the promo code IMTalk. Um, with the our try suits, the IMTalk ones have already got the discount code applied to it. But it'd be great. When we're in Kona next year, um, or in any race, in fact, if we can identify people... Go- Are you going to wear your tri-suit or the two-piece? Um, well, I'm getting a custom-made... Uh, oh, custom-made? Coach John Newsom Project 2014. Oh, I'll show okay. you. I've got, I've got a couple of uh, samples here that I'm uh, looking at, so I'm getting a custom-made. Do, I, do we get an IM talk on there? We do. And everybody that donates to my cause, my Project 2014, John, gets their name on the tri-suit. I was talking to Porno there. Wait, we'll, we'll talk about this because this is very interesting. John, questions and answers. answers. Well written. Uh, I'm sending this to I Am Talk. Well, I'm going to save that for next week. The show's too long. Okay, we'll save so all those questions. Cult man? No, nah, we'll save that till next week. 
I will, I will get to it next we'll week. We'll do nicknames, nicknames next week. No, I'll do some nicknames this week. Oh, I haven't really done them. Sorry? Next week, nicknames. I'll do Nick, my Nick. ones this week and you can do your ones oh, next week. People, okay, you go. Right, so nicknames. But you, what John does is he gives himself the ones that have already been given before. Oh, some of them. No, I've made up a few here. Oh, good. Okay, so just... just. Okay, wait, I'm going to do enough, mine then. Enough of the lip. I'm going to do mine. So there's, two, second, there's two ways you can donate. For Coach John Project 2014, make a donation, you get your name on a tri-suit. If you donate through um, I Am Talk, then all that money goes to getting Bevan and I to Kona next we year. Need <laughs> we need it. We need it. Because we people go, oh, why don't you go to Kona? Well, I would love to be in Kona this year. And we have great support from Endurance Sport Travel, but it basically costs us money to go over there, plus we're away for a week from work. So it's, um, it's a big deal. So we need a big sponsor to help us out get over there. But, you know. It is, it's not the same not having all those immediate post-race interviews that we did last time round. So anyway, uh, some nicknames. Colin the Convict Belosky, repeat uh, repeat convict, repeat donator to the show. And Bevan, you might like this one, and I, I'm not sure if this guy's donated, and I think I might have, if he has, I've given him the same name again. Shane Allrounder Thompson. Why Allrounder? Cricket. Shane Thompson. Was he the guy? Yeah, he was he like had a the mop sort of here. Yeah, he bought a Harley Davidson and I thought that was inappropriate for him. He didn't look like a Harley rider. He looked like a bit of a kind of pretty boy. So Shane was a cricketer in New Zealand, used to be an all rounder, um, bowled and batted. He was in the New Zealand team for a long time. Good player. So he was an all rounder. So you're the all rounder. Okay, I've got Matthew Holtwick. Matthew Holtwick, I'm going to call you um, the man and the machine. Okay. Yeah, I just made that one up right then. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. Oh, oh. My phone's ringing. Oh. oh, oh, you keep talking, John. Oh, so we've got the uh, the old phone. Maybe you could turn your phone off or take it off the hook. Maybe, maybe even get that husher or oh, he's even answering it. Who is it, Bevan? It's my mum. Oh. it's his mum. Okay, love you. Love you, mum. Amateur, working with amateurs. Hey, it's your mum. You gotta love your mum. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be here, John, if it wasn't for my mum. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you know, she brought me up to be the good man yeah. I am. Yeah, she taught me about life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what was it? Who did you go with? Uh, I had Shane all round Thompson, and I've got uh, Giancarlo Nizumbat, the Italian. Yeah, stallion. again, I've got more coming. Okay, well, how do you say this name here, John? Jamala Delani. Jamala Delani, the big shot. The big shot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the big, big shot, shot. Jamela. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've got to make a note of these because big shot. Okay. Uh, Mark the Airbus Jones. Where's this come from? I used to coach Mark, and this guy does a ridiculous amount of traveling. Oh, really? Like, he's just traveling the whole time. Is he one of those guys who has, like, a special air points card? Oh, he must do. Like, he's... Yeah, he's like home a week, a month, if he's lucky. I'll bugger that for a life. And so the Airbus, Mark the Airbus Jones. Okay. I've got Michael Hildick, and I'm going to say the clutch. The clutch. Yeah, because he clutches at the right time in the race okay. and smashes you. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, Jason Rodriguez. Jason Texter Rodriguez. Where's that come from? Because he has got a website called Tech hyphen try dot blogspot dot co dot nz okay and so you can go check that out there's a few cool little things techy sort of things on there oh, so nice. he's a texter oh nice and then my final one see I've made, I made a few up Bevan I know you're good. No, no, you don't make any of them <laughs> proud of you Jamie Motorman Morrison Motorman Morrison mm. that works I just that's I, yeah I just, no it's got that kind works. of that works off the lips well Motorman yeah. Morrison Motorman Morrison he's a motorman oh yeah he's a tri-tech yeah 
Oh, you're not going to be. Oh, geez, yes, geeks out. Yeah. So oh, check, check that out if you want a little uh, bit of ticky sort of stuff. John, I was watching this thing on news last night. What was you? Was you showing a porno? Oh, I'll tell you this again. Do you watch? Do you watch news? Yep. Do you watch sport last night? Yep. The guy doing the mountain mountain book. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> So it's it's they basically have this event. Red Bull have this event. Like Red Bull always promote these crazy races, but this was insane. And they stopped doing the race because like someone died about ten years ago. But they brought it back, and it was sort of like in a canyon, and you'd sort of jump over cliffs and pretty extreme downhills. Oh, it's death waiting to happen. It's basically it's death watch. Mm. It was uh, pretty full on. Anyway, had had to see it though. Do we have any other sponsors we need to talk about? Oh, we don't sponsors. Okay, sponsors are Uh, Athlinks.com. Put on your results. Coffees of Hawaii. Um, great coffee Extreme endurance uh, Lactic buffer Yes, at least try um, Get your cool try suit And trainingpeaks.com yeah, Just see how powerful you are in this world Had to be a big show Post kind of super special John, we delivered I think mm. On the post on the post stuff Jonbo mm. Now this is an idea I'm putting out there Yeah And you can veto it if you want Okay and Veto <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like the Russians You talk about anything <laughs> about like Syria Veto No, no you're, lose, you're losing your security <laughs> council power <Yeah. laughs> Anyway So I was listening to Freakonomics. Have you ever listened to Freakonomics? No. Have you heard of Freakonomics? No. Okay, it's a very good book. And then they've yep. got a podcast, which is pretty interesting. And they've started trying to fundraise for their show. And so what they do is they My look- My ears are pricking up fundraising. <laughs> the veto is stopped. The veto is reneged. <laughs> so, so what they've done is they've started fundraising for their show. And what they've done with them doing that is that they've, they've kind of did a show, because it's a show about how money, an economist look at the world. And it's a very interesting mm-hmm. show. And, um, and this, they looked at, well, what's the best way to fundraise? And they, and they kind of, they got these guys who were experts on fundraising and it was kind of some interesting insight in there. And they talked about actually raffles can be a really good fun way, way to mm, fundraise. Yep. And it got my mind mm. swelling, John. Yep. <laughs> and the reason is, I'm thinking maybe, and maybe we could do this. Instead of us getting donations for Kona, we could do a, a lottery to win a trip to watch the Kona race. I was going to put, all right. So you could, maybe, maybe it costs you $30 for a ticket. Mm-hmm. Now, we'd need to cover our costs and the cost of someone else yep. to get there. So we might say, look, if you if you win, you get $2,000 worth of money towards your flights to Kona, your accommodation, food, and I don't know, we'll try to get your media pass or a VIP pass from, from WTC. Yep. And we'd basically need to work out how much it would cost for us and how much it would cost for them and work out a price point. And, and then how many tickets we'd need to sell. And I was working out kind of roughly, we'd only probably need to sell a few hundred tickets to make it work, mm. depending on price point of the tickets. And then that way, you guys, you still get your nickname. Yeah. And then you go in the draw to come and watch the Ironman World Championships next year and watch John win it. Exactly. What do you think? Let's it some needs, some, needs some more investment. I'm going to leave that one in your pocket. Oh, okay. Because okay? it could be pretty easy to do. So yep. you, I think somewhere between 20 and 30 bucks a ticket. Oh, I'll go 50. <laughs> no, that's, that's that next level. <laughs> 50 is a little bit more. You, you, like, if there's a listener, you'd drop, I'd drop 20 bucks. Yeah. You know, for the chance, basically, you're going for a chance to win, to get to go what to What are percentages of you got to think about percentages of listeners. Are you going to get like a 1% uptake of that? I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe on Facebook. Because what we could do is we could, uh, we could do it, you know, through our Squarespace thing and we just get everybody to sign up who wants to do it. And then we've got an idea of whether we can actually make it work rather than collecting all the money and then saying, sorry, we've only had 200 people sign up. We can't do it. Yeah, but then afterwards you've got to get the money from them. Mm. It seems it's a, it's a good cool. idea. A good idea. Let's, let's put some thought on it. You know what? I'm going to put on Facebook, would you, would you go put in for a lottery? Mm. And I think $20, I think 20 or 30. 
50 is a bit too much. Okay. 20 bucks, you drop 20 bucks, you know, go to the pub, spend two bucks, you know, mm. 20 bucks on a beer. Yeah. It seems pretty fair for the chance to go to the World Championships mm. to support John. You can buy multiple tickets as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so yeah. Whenever I get a lottery ticket for something, it's like, I'm buying the whole book. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if we get a kid's seat, I'm buying them all. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, the more you buy, the more chance you have of winning. Mm. And if you buy one, you still get your Ironman talk nickname. Yeah, talk yeah definitely. Nickname. Yeah. You look into it. Because we need to figure out what would be the cost for us and then the cost for an extra person. Mm-hmm. And then we'd, we'd, we have to get Ken to maybe <laughs> look after us on that front. Yeah. And then... FF New Zealand, 2000 bucks. Well, we would just say, because it could be anywhere in the world. So mm. we'll just say you get $2,000 towards your airfare. Yeah. We'll say 2000 US maybe, towards your airfare. And then you get accommodation. We'll give you a food allowance. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and mm-hmm. it'd be pretty cool. Mm. Okay. And then we'll try, to, try our best to get a VIP pass from WTC. Yeah, that's a big stretch. We might be able to get, take, a, take on a media person. No, that's our photographer. <laughs> oh, okay, you'll be our official photographer. Yeah. See? Oh, come on, I reckon some people will drop a bit of money on that. Mm. Some people, you'll get one of those rich ten guys. Ticket, get, ten tickets. Ten tickets, there's 100 bucks. Mm. See, we're halfway there. Well, 200 even if you put 20 bucks on it. Yeah, 200. See, I can't even add. <laughs> See, <laughs> if we've got any extra money left over, we'll send Bevan to maths class. Exactly. So so we'll confirm that maybe in the next couple of weeks, but it might be an option. I'm going to leave the ball and you're going to sort that one out. Okay, well, what I need you to do is figure out costs. Okay, easy. That's your job, and then I'll figure out the logistical side of it. Yeah. Guys, Jombo, what's, what's the cost? Had a week holiday. Hate coming back from holidays because... Go catch up, eh? So much work to catch yeah. up on. Do you do emails on holiday? A little bit. It's the only thing I do on holidays. Yeah, just a little bit. Half an hour a day. And you often ask about the movies I go to. Oh, what'd you go to? Went to the Smurfs too. <laughs> I thought it was Oh, it was quite good. <laughs> yeah, it was because you go to no movies. Oh, it was good. <laughs> really? Yeah. Or knew all the characters, you know, Gargamel and Are they, Is Israel. it the same as the Smurfs and movies? Did you collect Smurfs? Yep. Did you? Yep, yep, yep. So. Smurfs are silly toys because they didn't really do much. Yeah, no, they were all good. Molds. So we went to Smurfs. What other toys were you into when you were a kid? Were you into He-Man? Transformers. I didn't do, I didn't do Transformers. Mm, I was more Masters of the Universe. Yeah, no, Transformers was my gig. Had Optimus yeah. Prime. Did you have Optimus Prime? Dark. That took me a long time to Did you have to buy it yourself? Yeah. How much did it cost you? I think it was like 100 bucks. Back then, 100 bucks was... Oh, that's like 1,000 today. That's a lot. Yeah, no, I remember getting Optimus Prime. When you, when you, when you got it, were you it's over the moon? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. What was the one that was the gun? Megatron. Megatron. That was yeah. quite cool, wasn't Never it? Never got that. Well, I didn't really get it as well because how could Optimus Prime be a big truck <laughs> and then the other one just turns into a gun that people can use? Yeah, yeah, it was odd. Uh, had seven day, ran seven days in a row up there, which was all good. And I saw that 50. Oh, we know on your blog. Did you? Yeah. Nice. I yeah. follow you, John. Yeah, yeah, I had the photos of the kids at the yeah. bill at the beach. That's where I've got to go do my updates. Yeah. And just a good week away. Yep. Bevan, what's happening in our world? You fit? Yeah, I'm fit actually. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Oh, bad knee. I'm gonna take two. I'm thinking I'm gonna take December, January off. Mm-hmm. Just all together, do nothing. Maybe it's a little bit of cycling. Mm-hmm. Get that heart. periodization of your diet, right? Yeah, I'm gonna be. Play, and we'll talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. What have I been doing, Jumbo? Not much, really. Just ticking over. Had a quiet weekend. Mm-hmm. Gardening. I hate gardening. Our place looks like a tip. Right you got now. a lot more land than us too. Yeah. How much land do you have? I don't know, but it's too much. <laughs> well, it's not too much. It's just. When are you going to do up your house? You stood in it? Yeah, well, it's under debate. Belinda's on a spending freeze at the moment, so we've got to get her under control a bit more. What are well, you frozen her spending? Complete freeze. How's that going? Good. Now. What do you mean? Did, did you put the foot down? Yeah. Complete freeze. Well, why don't you do what Joe and I do? 
What we do is we get a budget each week. Yeah, we, um, we, we might work towards that. That's a good one because we get we give ourselves each an amount of money because we we anal, but we have a budget meet, meeting every Thursday. Don't you remember that? Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. Every Thursday. Don't think I could pull that one off, but um, we have a budget meeting. I love it. No, because Joe's a real budgeter as well. And then what we do is we give ourselves a certain amount to spend each week, and depending on how much money we have, we just bring it because our income's not consistent. Mm. And then um, and then it's your money. You can do whatever you want to do with it. Mm. She does a lot more than what I do with that money. <laughs> but you've got a scheme, John, because you listen out. I did just a really basic summary of like it because we put everything on Mastercard and I just sort of try to break it into a few categories. And it's like John spending like one month was like $20 or something. But the thing is, you have an advantage because the thing you love, you get for free. Yeah, exactly. So it's unfair. She does need a little bit more. You know what, Bevan? Life's not fair. <laughs> Life's not even said that one in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Life's not fair. Other than that, John, what's happening this week? Leg- uh, Legends is coming out at some stage. We should be doing the interview next oh, week. Oh, we're getting people going, where is it coming? Um, it's coming next week. And it's just, yeah, we're away a bit at the moment and it's just a bit all over and the place. And this interview is late, so we've kind of figured we've got to the 16th. Oh, it's the 16th. Yeah. <laughs> How about we say maybe October? What do we go for the first of next month? Uh, it should be out next week. I've got, I'm pretty sure, I'm 95% sure I've got it lined up for next week. Okay, who is it? Mm-hmm. Kenny Souza. Oh, mm-hmm. good. So it's Legends of Triathlon slash Duathlon. Oh, nice. Because he nice. did do a couple. Of yeah, he did one. Mm. That's all you need to do to be on Legends of Triathlon. Let's wrap it up, Bevan. It's been two hours. Three. Three hours? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, for us it is. Mm. It's 10 past 10 in New Zealand. We started at seven. I know. Oh, I did weights this morning. Good. I went to the gym. Yeah. Pumped some wine. Nice. Did some kettlebell swings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Come down to the pool for a swim with me. I would die, John. I did that triathlon at Christmas time and it was 400 metres and I thought mm. to myself, I'll be able to smash out 400. I won't be at the front of the pack, but I'll be mm. able to be... <laughs> the mouth's now beat me out of the water. <laughs> I swim this morning. I'm back on track. Back on track with the swimming. I'm far from it. Not so, Nothing actually mountains now, but back in the day, I think I would have dominated in the <laughs> water. I have to admit, put a tear to my eye when I saw you running in front of me. Anyway, here we go. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.